Dog, thanks for coming, spending the day with your man, Bert. Calling sick to work, tour dates will be announced next week. That's where I go do morning radio, drink, go straight to the club at 11 a.m. You call in sick to work, and you spend the day drinking with me. I'm excited, guys. Today's guest, stand-up comedian, Brad Williams. This is Hello? You're talking that one? Talking into this microphone? And I'm talking into this one. Yes. Does this work? Georgia, can you hear me? Are they really fucking around? <laughs> oh, fuck them. All right. Go be a dad if you have to, man. No. All good. I think they're fine. I, they're, there's nothing they can choke on, but I just get nervous. That's my biggest fear is choking. My biggest fear. I'm going to hold this in my hand. Yeah. Um, a little more natural. Yeah, I'm not. I think for a comic it is. You don't have to. Jim Norton had it in the mic stand, but I think that's because he's on radio every day. Yes, yes, so, yes. It, it's you can so, sit wherever if that's that. not comfortable. You want to sit over here? Oh, no, this is fine, man. Whatever. I always, that's a weird thing. You know what? Can I ask you a question? I'm, yeah. I, don't, I know I don't have to say any of this to you, but I always <laughs> say it to the listener. Uh, for those of you that don't know Brad Williams, uh, Brad Williams is a little person. Yes. Little person, uh, dwarf, person of short stature. Uh, four foot four. Four foot four. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you know, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's only a foot taller than you. How crazy is that? And like Tom Cruise is the same thing. Yeah, like, that, and that bl- does that blow your mind sometimes? Yeah, because you see Tom Cruise and like like Kiefer Sutherland is Jack fucking Bauer, and yeah. he like it, it can kill anyone. And, and then it's like, oh wow, maybe I'm close to that. Yeah, like now short guys are becoming badasses between uh, Peter Dinklage and Dude, Game of Thrones. Don't get me started on Peter Dinklage. <laughs> that guy has redefined. He's you know. He is, he's your Martin Luther King. He really is. I've gotten laid so many times because of Peter Dinklage. He's, because, first, yeah. because, because, because girls are like, well, I want to fuck Peter Dinklage. He's not here. You'll do. <laughs> and I'm just like, done. I'm okay with that. He's, Call he's, me Lannister. He's really, he really has, because he's an amazing actor, yeah. first and foremost, and he's, and he's a great character actor, you yeah. forget that he doesn't have a British accent. No, he's just some and dude we, from Philly or something. Yeah, it's like when, whenever you would see um, uh, the guy that played House, uh, I forget his uh, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, Hugh Laurie. Whenever he'd be on like Letterman or Le- or Leno or something, he's got a British accent, and you, you go, forget. "What? Oh, right, people are actors and they're good at this." Yeah, yeah. Who's the best at that? There's someone I always go, "Shut." You know who it is? Uh, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hart, yes, Bane. Mm-hmm. Although he was, his accent was so bad he couldn't, you could barely understand him in that movie. <laughs> I guess apparently that was like a big deal is they had to go back through ADR and fix all his speaking because it didn't sounded too much like Darth Vader, and yeah, not enough like a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all just like it's all just muddled things like this, and yeah. it's not exactly things that you hear. It's uh, yeah, kind of confusing. I gotta tell you, man, um, I do the road a lot, and whenever I go to a club. I ask them two questions. I say, who do you like? Who do you not like? Because <laughs> I, want, I want to know who should I not be like and who sh- whose habits should I try to emulate. I swear to you, every club on the who do you love, who do you like list, they all say Burt Kreischer. I, you know what's so funny? They all say that. The only, that. It's really interesting you say that because I am envious of your stories at clubs because <laughs> all I remember is one club I was at, I was like, and they're like, you know who you remind us of? 
Brad Williams. And I was like, what? I go, really? And they're like, yeah, because you love to have a good time with us. Yeah. Like, the last time Brad was here, we all got in boats and went to a private island. And I was like, what? You were in Marco Island, Florida. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. You were, you were at Captain Brian's in Marco Island. Because, yeah we, we, yeah, we did this thing called the canoe races, which is just an excuse for uh, rich white people to tie boats together and drink. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and they're like, do you want to do this? I was like, oh. Yes, I want to tie boats together and drink. <laughs> so we go and like and and here and here's the thing is like every boat they were all trying to outdo each other. So like every guy's got this thing on their boat. Like some people had grills, some people had inflatable like bouncy houses they threw into the water. Our boat just had hot girls and a midget, and that trumped everything else. Like everyone was just like, all right, we could go in the bouncy castle, but there's a midget over there. Like let like let let's go party with that. I that, it's so funny because you. <laughs> You do have you like I get this party reputation, yeah. But I get it through like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You, you just by looking at you, people all automatically smile and go, "Oh, this is gonna be a good fucking time." Well, yeah, because when have you ever hung out with a midget and thought, "Ah, I totally regret that. That yeah. that, 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 that was horrible. That I mean, was that, awful." I mean, that used to be like that used to be. By the way, that used to be a staple of uh-huh. comedy was that, and I think David Tell set the precedent was that. And then you were with a midget. Like, I don't yeah. like say, you know, I don't, it's so funny. I don't like saying the M word. I understand. I but you know why I don't like saying it? It's because, um, I don't, obviously you can say it. And yeah. obviously I don't mind saying it around you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you get used to the word and then it's in your vocabulary. Right. And then you say it and it offends somebody. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's one, it's one of the, it's, it's one of the next generation words. Like, like, um, and I only say the word so people know what the fuck I'm saying. Because right. if I said the T word, you'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yep. yeah right, let's, let's play the game. Yeah. The F word. Right. You can't say that. Not, and not fuck. And not fuck. You the other one. You can't say the R word. Right. You can't say the M, M word is yeah. what I call it. And now the T word. And yeah, and, and there's a lot of things like you can't, like it's getting, I, I kind of think, I don't know, I embrace a tad bit of political correctness mm-hmm. because I do think it makes us better people. Mm-hmm. I think if look if I if if I can just watch what I'm saying and it makes and it just doesn't hurt someone's feelings for right. a day, then great. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, yeah, there's there's um there, there's something that some comics have and it's fine that they have it where just because someone tells them they can't do something or can't say something, it, it, it it's the reverse psychology aspect where now they feel like they now have to say it. Yeah. Um, my philosophy is that. Uh, comics should be obviously allowed to say anything and allowed to talk about whatever topics and mention anything. So just so we have that freedom to be as funny as we can. Yeah. But when it, when, when it comes to certain phrases, don't just say it just to say it because you could, because you can and because you have a microphone in front of you. Say it if you have a good joke behind it. Like it, that, that's the only thing. Like if you joke about certain taboo topics. It better be funny. It can't just be the shock value of it. Uh, the new got, jokes. The new jokes gonna be an F word, an M word, a T word, and an N word walked into a bar. <laughs> an M word's behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it's so yeah. It's it's I I think that you don't. I don't know. I've never been like I was a little bit when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Was like I just want to take chances to take chances and mm-hmm. be edgy. Now I'm just like like last night I was I was gonna talk about Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, right, about what's right. going on with Stephen A. Smith? But right. then I was like, you know what? I haven't really formed the idea. I was just going to take it on stage and see if I could figure it out. Yeah, and stand-ups changed so much. You can't take things on stage and figure them out in front of no. a. Because if you figure them, because you used to be able to figure it out and take a wrong turn, and yeah. people would groan, and you'd be like, "All right, I that was wrong." Up. So yeah. next time, I'll adjust. And that 
it's weird. It's the beauty of the cell phone YouTube generation and also the curse of it where now, uh, whether it be a situation like uh, what Tracy Morgan had ha- happen to him, what Daniel Tosh had happened to him at the Laugh Factory, uh, Dane Cook after the uh, Colorado the- the- theater shooting. What uh, Oh, he said... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it, it's like... What these people have to realize is we don't always walk on stage with perfectly polished, perfect bits. They have to yeah. get there, and it's a lot of trial and error. I have to suck so many times before I get a bit yeah. to where I want it to be and to where I know it's funny. And um, now a lot of people are trying to take away that freedom. That's why I say comics should be allowed to say whatever we want in terms of being on stage. But if you dive into those kind of topics, you have to be willing – and understand that there might be a backlash to it. Yeah, yeah, and you have to be, uh, you have to understand that that could definitely take place. Uh, we, we 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 talk about the word midget, um, and it, it's no joke in my act, but I, I I still like telling the story. Uh, I actually got protested by midgets. Uh, really? They, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Livonia, Michigan. They got a comedy club there called Joey's Comedy Club. No. Um, I did a show there, and a local chapter of something called LPA, which stands for Little People of America, they came out and protested my show with, like, picket signs and all that stuff because they're like, you say the word midget, hell no, don't see the show, hell no, don't see the show. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. I loved every Shut second of it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why would they do that? Uh, here's, here's the reason. Because they had, they had never seen my act. They had just no. They just knew that I said the word midget, and they thought I ran up on stage and was exploiting myself and telling people to do terrible things to little people, and that. And, and they didn't know. I invited them all in to see the show. I said, "Guys, I'll give you free tickets. Come in, see the show, and then you could decide if you hate me or not." Uh, and have a conversation with me. Yeah, that maybe you can help me change my mind. Yeah, like, like you're a fucking human being. Yeah, that's what I love. When I, I had a um, I had an old old. I don't want to. I'm. Very shortly, I had a very old black dude mm-hmm. in Denver see me, mm-hmm. and uh, and someone someone was offended by one of my jokes, and he, a white person, was offended about a black. Dude. It always is a white person. And by the, the way. old <laughs> the old black dude stepped in. He was an ex cop. He gave me a badge he, nice. at the end of the night. I lost it. Um, <laughs> I lost it that weekend. Like that's how fucking out of control I was. And low oxygen, and so and someone got upset, and he came in. We had a conversation about it. The mm-hmm. three of us. I was like, this is what was meant to happen. This, right. like, this is why this is supposed to happen. Yeah. If you had invited them in, then they could have seen what you do and given you insane perspective. Yes. On from because we don't know just because we're. By the way, wh- I want to hear the rest. I, I'm so bad at fucking interrupting people. It's okay. But, um, I, I don't know what I say. I don't know what it looks like from the others from sitting in stage. Right. I can tape it all I want, but I don't know what you're hearing. Right. And so it's not until. I get your perspective or your feedback mm-hmm. where I go that it that does sound fucked up. I don't mean yeah. it sound fucked up, yeah. but it does sound fucked up. I need to change it. Yeah, because uh, we're just going for what's funny. That's that's <sighs> the only thought in our head is I got to make these people laugh. And like you say, we're not always taking into account all these other perspectives uh, that someone is going to bring to the table. And they're not taking into account the hurdles that we have to cross. Sam Tripoli yeah. and I talk about you I released it today. Mm-hmm. We talk about you today on my podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, we just randomly. Um, oh, cool. I think. I, oh, well. Wait till you listen to it. I will. It's Tripoli shitting on Mencia for about an, a solid hour. Gotcha. But, uh, but and then we 
we brought you up because we like you so much. And I, I, don't, I don't know what the conversation was, but we yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. we love... Oh, because you worked with... It was yeah. you and Tripoli. Mm-hmm. You and Messia worked with Tripoli in, uh, in Texas one weekend. Yes, we you did. came in and did a guest set, and he's like, yes. Brad, fucking flamethrowers room. And mm-hmm. we were like... And we were saying, you're such a great guy in so many respects. And I think... Well, thanks, man. I hope to come off like you to people because I don't think they've ever heard one bad word said about you. And, uh, I, and I don't think talk, talk to my ex girlfriends. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone. No, I've never heard someone shit on your comedy either, other than say they don't want to follow you. But that's nice. But what what I said and what Tripoli and I said is, and and I don't think people put into account, take into account the massive fucking hurdle you have to cross by just what people see when you get on stage. And, and I'm a dwarf. That is a huge fucking hurdle. Insane. <laughs> that, the fact that you are... And this, I say this Hurdles this way. suck to midgets. <laughs> I said hurdle twice. I should have fucking paid attention to what I'm saying. You're telling... But it's, it's so funny because I don't like... Like, uh, the fact that you are... This sounds weird, but it's mm-hmm. in the same category as Peter Dinklage. Yeah. The fact that you are considered just a comic and not a little person comic or someone who goes up and does all right. little people. Like, that is a big – that's a big deal to comics because we're going, I don't see you for what other people may see you. I see yeah. you for as a comic first. And, 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 that was, and that was a conscious thought that I had like when I was starting my career because when I started my career, I didn't want to do dwarf jokes. I said, I'm going to go on stage. I'm going to talk about what's in the news. I'm going to talk about – whatever relationships race anything else just not dwarfism and when i did that i walked on stage and the entire audience would would just stare at me like does he know yeah (laughs) it's like uh oh shit okay so there was this balance of you have to address it you have to talk about it but i don't want people to come to my show and hear one hour of I could take a bath in a thimble. That's weird. <laughs> Hilarious. No, <laughs> I, I take a bath in yeah, a thimble. <laughs> that that that's my example of a terrible dwarf joke because that was like the second or third joke that I ever wrote, and then I <laughs> immediately scrapped it. But I, uh, I loved your. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was you or me who. I don't know if I heard you tell the. I don't know how this happened, mm-hmm. but every time I wash my hair, I think about you washing your hair. You said I think you had a joke about washing your hair. Yeah, like, my hands don't reach all the way to the top, so I got to kind of. Yeah. And you did this visual <laughs> of you doing it, and I laughed so fucking hard. Yeah, and I sat in the back. I think you were just fucking around. I think it was a offspring of a masturbation joke you had. Yes, you it, have- I, I I remember this. Yes, I, I remember this because uh, I used to do a bit on stage where I talked about how I can't jerk off standing up because I have these little T Rex arms, yeah. and I and I wave my arm violently over my dick because I can't reach it. And, and, and I was like, and I and then I think you did a bit. I think you did a bit right after that about washing your hair. Yeah, you did this fucking move where you're you'd like throw your head, and, but it was like a hilarious. Like I could not <laughs> stop laughing. But but it was like it was like to talk about someone's personal struggles. Yeah, it's fine, dude. I talk about shitting blood all the time. Yeah, yeah. You drink too much. That's what happens some weekends. Yeah, and but. And I talk about my fear of flying. Why can't I talk about that? Why can't you talk about your personal struggles? But you're right. I can take a bath in a thimble yeah. is, <laughs> is a little too far east. Yeah. It's a, but and, and that's why I love doing jokes like that. And I, I have this line now in my act where I just say people ask me how I write my material. I say there's two, there, there's two steps to writing a Brad Williams joke. Step one, be a dwarf. Step two, wait. 
and, <laughs> and, some, and some shit's gonna happen to you. And, and and that's what it is. I didn't want to create these false scenarios. I, I want to talk about stuff that actually happened. Like you say, when you talk about shit and blood, that's real to you. Yeah. That's what you're going to talk about. Um, I but if a- you're a drinking comic and you simply go, I, 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 I shit blood, and, and you're like, but it hadn't happened to you. You don't know what the feelings you like. Know. You don't know all the real of the, the joke. Oh, I've said this joke so many fucking times, but yeah. it's like the most recent one of going, did I get so drunk last night that I researched and found a place to get roasted beets at four in the morning? Or am I shitting blood? Like, because that's your first thing. Maybe I had beets. Yeah, when yeah. When did I have fucking beets? <laughs> Why would I do night? that? When would I get hammered and be like, "Do you know where I can get roasted beets? I right. can get roasted beets with some blue, some some feta cheese, possibly." It, 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 yeah, it, and so you write what's honest to you. Like, I, I've I've got a couple of comics that are that are friends of mine that are just starting, so new in the business, and they're asking me for advice and stuff. And I I, I tell people that everyone when they walk into a party. Whether you're comic, not a comic, whatever job you have, you have two or three stories that are your go-to. I'm at a party. These stories are always good. These yeah. get me in with the in crowd. Whatever. Everyone has those two or three stories that they always tell at parties. So when you start comedy, why not just start with those stories? They're right. honest to you. You know they work. You know the timings of it, and you know the beats of it. And that's how you start. Where your act goes from there. Whatever. Do, if you want to turn to a one-liner comic, great. Do that. Yeah. But it le- at least gets you started in a comfort zone of stories you've told a thousand times, not just walking on stage and going, well, let's, let's, what else is going on in the news? It's a really interesting perspective because I think I did I think I did those three stories that you'd tell at a party. Mm-hmm. That was my first seven minutes for like two years. Well, because didn't, didn't you start... Start. Yeah, Rolling Stone magazine found discovered. Yeah, and then, so I was already this party animal. Yeah, and you started like with thirty minutes of like your first night on stage. You did like twenty minutes. With th- I did thirty, 30 minutes. minutes of material my first night on stage. Yeah, and, and it was like which is fucking insane. It's not if you consider the fact that the majority of the people it was like a bringer show, huge yeah. bringer show because everyone came to see me, mm-hmm. and I was already I'd already like kind of groomed myself to get into it quickly because I would do like we'd have bus rides rides for like our orga- big organizations I would get up with a microphone up front and just do jokes so I had these like go to like material driven theoretically I didn't know it was material at the time because mm-hmm. I didn't think I thought you had to really struggle to get material right so I just did that and then it worked and then it, I just took it you, you, you tell you told stories that were honest to you you told your party stories yeah. and Boom! Like that—that's what—that—that's that, that, something that was so vivid and clear to you yeah. that you weren't faking it at that point. You're not talking about how it, you know you, you weren't on stage going, "My girlfriend dumped me last week." When really that happened five years ago. Yeah, and it, you're bringing up that bit. And uh, in terms of what we were talking about earlier, in terms of hanging out with the comedy club staff, I don't know why most comics don't like. You're stuck in whatever city for. Four or five days, because most comics like Tom Segura are sad, <laughs> fat people. <laughs> Fucking Tom breaks my heart. He called me one time. He goes, "Do you really hang out with the club as much as they say you do?" I go, "Yeah, every yeah. fucking night. Yeah. I drink every single night with them." Yeah, and he was like, "Are you serious?" I go, "Yeah, it's like Thursday night." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in Dayton, and we're getting ready to go to an after party." Yeah, and he's like. I go, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm in Des Moines. I'm going home and going to bed." And I go, "Tom." Why wouldn't you go out with him? And he's like, I don't know. I just like, but Tom is that is Tom. And if you watch mm-hmm. his act, that's sure. so it is very indicative to him. Sure. And it's indicative to me and you. That's who we are. We want to go out and get down with them. Yeah, and that, and I mean, like you say, you're in Dayton. 
what what is there to do in Dayton? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know that someone lives on a some, a big piece of property with a barn attached, and they do ping pong, uh, beer beer ping pong, whatever it's called, on fucking Friday nights. That has to happen. Yeah, you got you, that I've had and, a fucking good time in Dayton every time uh, I've been there. And it, it, it's so weird because. Like, uh, some people ask me, like, where are my favorite places to go? And sometimes I bring up uh, locations, and people are like, wait, what? Wait, you love going to Columbus, Ohio? Yes, I fucking love Columbus, Ohio. It's a great city. There's great people there. Well, Columbus is, hands down, probably the best club in the country. Oh. I mean, it's because it's tight. It's a tight packed three hundred. Yes, like and it's and they all seem like they're on your toes. Yes, and it and and it's and it's a college crowd and they're smart and they're liberal. Yeah, and so it's like a f- and Stroop runs a room right. Right, I, it's I love Columbus. You can, I'll never say a bad word about Columbus. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like when I tell people that, they always expect me to say like, "Oh, I, I like L.A., New York, or Miami." And don't get me wrong, I love those cities as well. But I mean, yeah, sure. Miami, you start the second show at uh, 12.30 in the morning, and you're like, holy crap, it's late, and I'm starting the second show. Why are people... And then it's packed, and everyone yeah. like, lo- wants to be you, there. That's because you work... <laughs> That's because you work with a headliner. Sometimes it does two hours. I do. I do a lot I, of time too. I, when I'm I, in Miami. I may have done that. <laughs> yeah. I but like I love Miami. I think that I think that you like Miami the same reason I like. I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. That's I think a compliment you, to I me. think you like Miami the same reason I like Miami is because I didn't. It's it's not natural to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to work it at first. But then once you figured it out. Yeah, it's like it's like you got you got this muscle that no one's got. Yeah, and and it's like and it's fun. You learn more about yourself on that room mm-hmm. because they're it's Miami. That's a nightclub scene. They're out to have a good time. Right. They don't want to hear a guy that's like that's like maybe going through a notebook. They want to see no. someone that brings them a it's fucking a party. Show. And it's, that's I think me and you are party. like that. Is that we go into these clubs and we go, oh, we're on vacation also. Like, yeah, this is fun for me. Yeah. I don't dislike my job. I love it. Right, and so I think I, I, I can imagine me and you in Miami would have fucking destroyed that room. <laughs> we would have like man. just like I, I mean that that well if we showed up to the club after the nights before, sure. <laughs> oh, they used to do three shows on Saturday. And I, I, mean, I remember it. Finding me on Sunday was a fucking good yeah. luck. Well, see, and and see now here's something that I think you and I have both done is. The fact that the fact that you're Burt Kreischer, the number one party guy in America, and the fact that I'm a little person that likes to go out. Whenever we go to a town, people want their story. They want their, uh, you know, it, it's like when Doug Benson runs into someone, they want to smoke weed with Doug Benson. Oh, yeah. When someone runs into Burt Kreischer, they want to drink and they want to party with Burt. When someone runs into me, they, they want to go out to a club and they, 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 they want to dance with me and like they, they want to see me do, do the worm in front of a nightclub and people yeah. wearing $3,000 suits. Yes, that, that's what I want to do. We make a good, uh, we make a good Facebook photo. <laughs> like, wh- how was your weekend? And, and I'm not, look, I'm talking very largely of me, but sure. if, if you're a fan of mine and your friends know who I am yeah. and you have a sh- picture of me and you doing a shot together yeah. your friends are like oh you fucking did it up this weekend oh you yeah exactly you were with Kreischer you <laughs> yeah, know what if, I mean if you're in a photo of a bunch of boats tied up outside Marco Island and Brad is standing in front of the picture on yes. the tip of the boat like the girl from Titanic you're like <laughs> motherfucker why didn't I go out with you last night right well and, and I tell people I, I tell people whenever they come to my shows, when I'm like doing press for my shows, I say, if you come to my show, you have the best story when you come to work on Monday. Yeah. Be- because 
and we all have that person in the office that you hate that always comes in every week that with the new I went hiking this weekend I was out on the on the boat this weekend that did yeah. ba, 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 and you hate that person if you ever want to top that just walk in and say I got down with an oompa loompa and everyone's gonna be looking at you like wait wait what was it everything I dreamed it would be every picture they have from that weekend looks like they're from the hangover shut up <laughs> It's you know it's so funny uh, you'll feel this I, I and I've always felt like we had a a connection but you'll feel this later mm-hmm. like in like in like probably two years in your career okay is when you have a product that you're selling like when you write a book or you do your first documentary or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is where someone brings it to you and you do it and then you go to market yourself but you're not doing stand up yeah it's a very vulnerable feeling. Yeah. It is because I do what you do. I'm like, if you come to my show, because I'm kind of, it's, it's like we're kind of working for ourselves, but we're also working for the club who we love and respect and all yeah. the wait staff. And we're trying to bring people in for the, everybody. We're the spokesman for a group of people that weekend. Mm-hmm. But when you're a spokesman for just a group of agents and managers, yeah. and they're like, it's different. Oh, you just end up feeling dirty. You're yeah. Like, it, like, it, yeah. And you, I don't, I don't know if I can go to uh, p- uh, pitch meetings and jump on the table and take my shirt off and you start can dancing. your first couple <laughs> <laughs> you start, you, yeah you certainly I, can. I definitely can i definitely did it <laughs> well that and um in i don't know when i walk on stage i i know that i i like to create a vibe of the audience of holy crap isn't this fun we're having fun you uh, definitely you definitely do that in spades it, and, i don't think i've ever been to one of your shows the uh-huh. second you get on stage ev- not only everyone all the comics smile it's like fun. You, you have that positive. It's, it's fun. You have that positivity to you. And and now, uh, as uh, as my manager Barry Katz always tells uh, oh, tells you're me, with Barry, yeah. Oh, what a fucking career mistake. Oh, it is. Just kidding. Oh, I tell love me, Barry. I love Barry. Oh, I love Barry. well, because you were just on his episode. Yeah, his yeah I love 100. Barry. I think yeah. Barry's great. I think Barry. I was. I'm hoping that Barry hears that, yeah. or that someone isolates it and sends it to Barry. <laughs> But I, I absolutely love Barry. Yeah, and and he told me in the in the meeting where we were discussing if he was going to represent me or not. He just goes, you know, why I love you, man, because you're huggable and lovable, man. You're huggable and lovable. There are there are <laughs> a bunch of fantastic managers out there that I would recommend to people. Mm-hmm. Mine currently is probably the, is the top of the list in my opinion. Excellent. Judy Brown is is Judy Brown gets. Comics and comedy, wonderful. More than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Love uh, and Barry, Barry's definitely in that list because Barry is someone that uh, can make magic happen in people's lives. He yeah. really distinctly can make magic happen, and I and I've witnessed it in my career with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, but I mean, if you're not, he, Barry's a great. I love Barry. Yeah, and it's, it, it's just because. Uh, Here's the thing is especially being um someone uh with what some consider to be a disability or difference uh I've I've seen what happens when I walk into a room and not just on stage but when I walk into a room and then I'm angry or I'm not in a happy mood when people see an angry disabled person it really turns them off cuz they just don't they don't it, they're uncomfortable in so many ways like dealing with an angry person is hard enough when they're a five foot eight white dude, uh, you know what I mean. But when you're, we, like, if, if if a guy walked in with one arm and immediately was down in the dumps and started talking about how much life sucks with that with, with that one arm, you feel terrible. You yeah. you feel awful and you feel worse than you would. But if he walks in and goes, "Damn it, uh, the Bill of Rights is bullshit. They told me I have the right to bear arms." 
plural, you know, or something like that or something, then, oh, my God, great. And my dad, uh, who's not a little person, by the way, uh, I'm not a... Are either your parents? No, none of them. None of them. Yeah, you you don't drive down the street and go like, which one is the dwarf house? Oh, it's the mushroom with the door in it. Like, you're you're, you're, you're not doing that. Uh, My dad knew that as a little person that I would be different and I would be made fun of. And he goes, Brad, if you walk into a room... And he told me this like kindergarten. He's like, if you walk into a room and you start joking and making fun of yourself and making people people feel comfortable, people will be so happy to be around you. Little did he know he was building a fucking eight figure comic. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, listen, at a very young age, you need to start working on material, buddy. But that's what he did in inadvertently, and he knew that I'd be made fun of when I went to school. So he would make. Were you made fun of? Yeah, but he told me he's like, people are gonna make fun of you. You, if, if you have comebacks, if you don't let them get you, if someone throws a zinger at you and you throw one right back, then oh my god, you're gonna own everything, and you're gonna like, and, and people are gonna love you. And uh, so he would, he would make fun of me constantly from like at like age two till age seven. But he would always say, "Okay, now hit me with something. Now hit me with something." Yeah. And so by, by by the time I got to kindergarten, it's like him teaching you how to fight. Yes. Exactly. Like most most Irish Italian kids learn how to fight if they grow up in New York. Yeah. Like, like, because they're like, hey, that shit's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. And he, he knew, like, okay, maybe he might not get into any fist fights, but I remember, I, I remember this clear as day. First day of kindergarten, a kid walked up and went, like, ha ha, you're little. And I looked at him and said, ha ha, your mom doesn't live with your dad anymore. And he started crying and like running, and then he ran to the teacher and told him what the, told him what I said. I got in trouble, and I was like, "Why the hell? Like, how am I getting in trouble? Like, he made fun of me first. They they ended up calling my dad, and which was the greatest thing ever because he said, "Hey, who who shot first? And they said, "Well, yeah. the kid made fun of him. He's like, "Good, I love my son. He did nothing wrong. Click and yeah. just hangs up. And I'm like, "Yes." That that's that's what it is, cause and for the rest of the time, like no one made fun of me because they knew like okay, Brad's got shit. Like he's gonna come back and he's gonna and he's gonna make fun of you and you're not gonna like it. So I was prepared. Was no? Was there a time where you couldn't crack the code of? Because I can't imagine you not hanging out with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it was always like I was I I knew that I could be like I watched Animal how House. You? How old are you? I'm thirty. Uh, See, I grew up. At, I grew up ten years older than you, and ten years older mm-hmm. than you was. I mean, we like we fought the communists. Mm-hmm. Like we were like that was like part of my history, grow, life growing up was we okay. were fighting communists and disabilities. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. like it, it really was alienating. Yeah. I, I believe. I believe that. I mean, I grew up during. Uh, excuse the phrase, but I grew up, and midget tossing was a real thing. Yeah. Like that that was like a big that would as an event at bars right that my uncles would come back and just rev- revel in still is in Florida <laughs> they still do it oh yes are you serious <laughs> they uh, I think it was a year ago two years ago they had a case where they tried to ban it and one of the top people saying I don't want this to be banned was a little person I think I know that guy yeah because he I think he was I know that bank. guy. Yeah, yeah I, I actually know that guy because I think he also does uh, midget does. wrestling. Yes, he does. Yep, I know yeah. that guy. Yeah. 
Oh my god, we know we both, we both know him. That's so funny. Yeah. My, yeah, my buddy Cowhead's really good friends with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that dude. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like, and and he fought to make sure it was legal, which is just crazy in my opinion. But but sure. like, but you grew up not in like a, you grew. I still grew up. I grew up with racism, like real mm-hmm. racism. Mm-hmm. That was that was real that in when I was a kid. Right, and I, and I know it's real now, but it was like it was outspoken. Like people's parents said the N word. Well, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, have you seen uh, the CNN thing, the '60s, when they when they do like they talk about the civil rights movement no. and stuff? Uh, I, I was in the green room at the Comedy Works in Denver, and I'm watching that, and the feature act is a black comic, and they're just showing like white people doing horrible things, and you just, I just kept looking at the guy like, bro, not me, <laughs> not me, I'm sorry, and and and, and like he got, it. he's a comic, but uh, it, it like. And I look at those tapes and I'd be like, can you imagine if if you're watching a tape, if you're watching scene in the 60s and your dad or your granddad is <laughs> on one of those college campuses holding a sign that says N-words go home. Like oh, what kind of – like what would – oh my god. That is – that is you know, that's, that is people's parents. Yes. That's, I mean that's, that's, that's people who – on TV. Yeah. There are people on TV yeah. that – that did that there are people i mean and it's like a weird thing it's like it's like we're we're almost like nazis in the sense that we just go well it happened let's not talk about it because <laughs> if you go to germany and you bring up nazis they're like let's not bring that yeah, up yeah, yeah. because that was my parents yeah and that's a little close to home yeah we i mean uh, six million uh, yeah whatever <laughs> we can so, that on the rug yeah but like i remember i remember growing up in the south and and there was distinct racism yeah so but i i look at it like from you grew up in southern california right yeah and Southern California, very liberal, mm-hmm. uh, but still, still diverse. But yeah, I would say ten years after I started, it was it was loosening up where people were a lot more open minded. Sure, yeah, and uh, so I can't see you not being a part of well, the cool kids. Well, like I said, like my I remember I watched Animal House when I was like eight or nine, and I saw John Belushi and was like, oh my god, that's me. God damn it! I saw it. the same thing happen to me. Like, but I was like thirteen. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking me. Yeah, that's who like, I want to be. Like that I'm gonna be that dude. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be the guy that everyone wants to have in the crew because you always had like, and you would see it in every every <clears throat> cheesy '80s movie where there'd be like four really good looking cut. They're on the wrestling team type kids. And then the one guy that always had a weird nickname like Frog. Ox. Yeah. <laughs> Frog, Ox, something like that. Squirter. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like – and he looked different. He looked funny. But they all loved him and he would do crazy shit. And I would look at that and go, all right, that's going to be me. That's going to be my role. So I'm going to be that guy. I didn't grow up with any any type of hurdle. And mm-hmm. I saw that too. I said, "That's me." Yeah, like, that's me. That's who I am. Like, and, like Bill Murray and Stripes. I was like, "That's yes. me." Yes, that and those guys were always having the most fun. Yeah, they like they were they, they were the ones doing whatever. And I found out very young that that as that as a little person, I could do shit and get away with it, and that other like tall kids couldn't do because yeah. uh, like it's just like yeah the. The dwarf ran up and and hit someone or played a prank on a teacher or did something and now and now it's more funny the fact that I did it and I'm getting away with it. Yeah. And um, I yeah when I saw when I, I remember when I saw Animal House I'm like okay this is what's yeah okay that's my role so that's now, me. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Twenty. 
That oh, makes sense. Yeah. Like that's the thing though, is that guy doesn't really get laid too often. <laughs> Dude. So <laughs> I was seventeen and I was like and I was able bodied. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I like I, I had a hard time turning it off. Like yeah. I couldn't Oh I could, my god, me too. Well yeah, because yeah. it's like our acts our our personalities define us. And so when we get a girl in the bedroom, no part of our personality is like the hey, let me take let me take those panties off that body. <laughs> no part of me is that guy. It, it feels weird to even say when you're doing a character. I, I just got creeped out looking you in the eyes and saying it. Yes. Like so I, I never could I never could like I'm not the guy that starts a train. I'm not like right. a like I'm just like I'm the goof around fuck off guy. You're the funny dude and that's the thing is when you're doing something of a sexual nature, it's not like that's that that's the time when you have to turn off being the funny dude. But, but did people try to set you up with little people? Yeah, all the time. I bet. And it's and here and here's the thing, is that little people uh, are horny as hell because it's all like pent up and they don't you know you know what I mean they're they're never looked upon as like a sexual uh, beautiful being and then when someone finally does oh my god. It blows the roof off. The I joint. thought you were gonna. I swear to God, I thought you were gonna say little people are horny as hell because their privates are so close to their eyes. Because <laughs> I was like, because I was like, oh, my, I can, I, I'll lose mine sometimes. But like, but so, so, uh, so have you ever fucked a little person? Oh, I, I lost my virginity to a little person. Really? Um, and I've, yeah, I've had sex with quite a few little people. And okay, I, I, I've told this story before on the crab feast. Um, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell it again. I don't care. You know what? No one listens to the crab feast. Fuck the crab feast. <laughs> Fuck the crab feast. Five stars. Great podcast. Anyway, um, I, when I when I lost my virginity, uh, I I I was dating a Christian little person that for the longest time was just like no 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 sex no sex. D- dated her for two years. Finally, she goes like, okay, I'm ready. We're ready to take this relationship to the next level. And I go I go to replace, and the parents are gone, and we got the not. It, it's perfect. Before, as it starts, as, as we start kissing, I'm like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. She goes, okay. And she stops it. She goes, we have to pray now. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, we have to pray now and let God know that even though we're doing this, like, it, we're not doing this to dishonor him. We're doing this to, because, because we love each other. And she made me do the prayer. I had to pray out loud, Brad praise for pussy <laughs> essentially i had to pray to like the sex god to bless the awkward coitus that that we were about to engage in god wish me luck let's fuck <laughs> god wish me luck let's fuck yeah exactly uh, you know and, and that and that's what i that's what i had to do i was like uh lord uh we are doing this not for cardinal pleasures oh my but god for, oh my god yeah and uh, like what makes you more horny than that well, you know yeah. that now you're ready. Yeah, now you're all sorts. Oh my god, it was so awkward. Did you work on them? Yes, I did. Like I, I can't imagine. I, I don't. I don't know anything about. I've never seen uh, little people porn. Mm-hmm. Or like, are little people have like regular people's dicks or just regular size? Here's why I tell people is that my dick is average size, but on me it looks fucking huge. Okay, perfect. So, yes, my dick on me looks tiny, but yes. it's average sized. Yes, like so, yeah. Yes. I wish <laughs> your your dick on me would be like, damn, homeboys pack it. Well done. 
Uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm so glad. Small as shit. I'm so glad I'm not like six foot eight and ripped because it, it, if you don't have like a nine foot dong, it, it it just doesn't look right. Like, like, but if you're packing six inches on on a four foot four body, yeah. Oh my god, like I, I bet that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I look like fucking Mandingo. Like, it, it's <laughs> it's insane. Oh, I meant to tell you this. The only other, the only time I've ever really uh, like I interviewed Vern Troyer, mm-hmm. who's a little, uh, he was a little bit of a dick to me. Yeah, uh, I, I've had one interaction with Vern, and it was not good. Uh, really? Funny, it was, in, it was in Detroit. All this stuff happens near, near Detroit. Uh, yeah. He lives in Detroit or has a house in Detroit or grew up there or something. And, he's uh, my canary in the mind, by the way. The okay. way that guy drinks, I'm like, as long as he's still alive, I can party hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah. that, guy got, that guy got ridiculous. Like, I fucking, that guy is a, he gets down. Yeah, when, 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 when he goes, he goes. And uh, I remember I was in an, an elevator in an airport in Detroit and I'm going and then Vern and his scooter pulls in and it's like oh my god dwarf comic Vern yeah. Troyer this is awesome so I just kind of turn to him and say you know hey hey Vern uh, my name's Brad Williams I'm a comic and uh, I just want to say that you know your work is great you know I, I really appreciate your work and he looked at me and goes yeah I know who you are and I do not like what you do I was like what <laughs> it's like you you humped Mike Myers' leg and dressed up like you had Dr. They Evil. throw you around like a joint yeah. in the room. They, they sprayed you with a squirt bottle that's, that like, like, like you were a horny cocker spaniel and you don't like what I do? What the hell? God damn so it. So it's like he, 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 he just takes himself way too seriously, I guess. Um, and if, if I and rightfully so, because he's a fantastic actor. Fucking <laughs> seriously? Because when you think of thespian. When I think of actors, think of Vern Troyer's at the top Vern of the Troyer. list. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, hey, Vern, you better literally kiss Mike Myers' feet because <laughs> that guy gave you. He's the only reason we're talking about you. Yeah. He, he, you know, I interviewed him. He was a dick. He was a dick to me when I met him. Mm. He wasn't a dick. Let me rephrase that. Okay. He put me in my place, but he's the reason I introduced you to my dog, because he was terrified of fucking dogs. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know how my dog would act, but my dog's also uh, going through her fifth leg surgery. Oh, my God. So I, she's not very mobile, but right. she's also 130 pounds. Oh, so, boy. So, yeah. But uh, we had a dog on set on the show. I was on the X show, and mm-hmm. it went after Vern. Oh, boy. And he got... He was obviously. Well, yeah. I it's mean, like, it's like a lion. When you're, yeah, when you're two foot seven, that's that's a fucking velociraptor coming after you. But I interviewed him, and and uh, my he said, I said, so how long have you been acting? And he said, well, before acting, I was doing stunt work, mm-hmm. and I said, that's interesting. He says, yeah, yeah, I do all my stunts for Mike Meyer for uh, Austin Powers. I said, wait, you do all your stunts for Austin Powers? He's like, yeah, moron. Who do you think they're gonna get to do them? A baby? And I was like, that is a really good point. Like, yeah. he would, like how are they going to have a stunt double for Troyer? Bring in the stunt double. Oh, oh. It's, a, it's a baby. It doesn't have that much long to live. Throw it. It's, it's funny because a lot of little people in, in, the, in the business do stunt work for child actors. Really? Yeah. A lot of them do. Uh, they, they do stand-in for child actors, and they and they do stunt work for child actors. Wow. Yeah, they got to put on like wigs and stuff. Do, do some little people, actors or people in the business, look mm-hmm. at you like? I mean, they've got to look at you. They've got to look at you very jealous because you are. I, and I, I just say this, but like you have cracked the fraternity of mm-hmm. the most judgmental assholes in the world, <laughs> and you are one of us. So you're yeah. like you're not you're not like. 
I know this for a fact. I know only says one time Leanne and I were driving on the street. Mm-hmm. She was like, aren't you excited that like that I forget what it was. It was some like some pilot something like, are mm-hmm. you proud? And I said, yeah. And I looked at it. I was like, it was one of those surreal moments where I was like, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of my book. I'm proud of my TV show. Yeah. I'm proud of Stan. More importantly, the, the thing I'm proudest of is that I can go to a comedy club mm-hmm. and roll in. And I know if I don't know all the people there, they have heard of me. Yeah. Or, but in like a real legit way that like I'm in this fraternity of the subculture yeah. that it is imp- you can't you can't be famous and join it you no. got to start at a certain level and work your way up right. and then once we decide collectively that you're in yes. you're in for life yes i mean paul riser's in for life for life like whatever, you know, he, can, whatever he yeah, does whatever he does if he comes in and sits at a bar i go i'm a comic he's like oh hey man what what clubs you working like stanhope and i sat in my backyard and we talked like like honestly, like like best friends yeah. who've never really hung out much. Yeah. And then literally I called him I think I want to call him or I texted him the other day. And it's like it's like the same reason I sat down with Rogan. Yeah. He's he's done it. everything in this world that you could ever want to do in a career. Right. You meet him the first time and it's not that. It is one comic talking to another comic. Yeah. Um I, I ran into uh Larry Miller uh when I did the Corolla podcast. He was hanging out in the same building and he told me something that is completely true is that he's like when, when people walk up hold oh, on one second we got sure. the walkie talkie hey is everyone okay in there they don't have the volume turned up i guarantee it mm. these fucking idiots <laughs> can you hear me how can they they don't have the volume up so they're talking yeah but i think everyone's okay do you want to go be dad nope is everyone okay in there They don't have the volume up. All right. They're just, just talking into it and then hoping to God I that Okay. This is the beauty of kids. Yeah, if you want to go. Don't be worry dad, about it. I'm fine. Dad. They said, hey, birdie boy, that means they're fine. Oh, okay. Anyway, um so Larry Miller told me this thing. He said, and it's completely true, at least uh, I know it's for me and probably for a lot of comics, is that if someone comes up and starts talking to you on the street, you definitely have maybe a wall up at first, but then the second they say, Oh, I'm a comic, wall down. Shuts down. Well guy done. was pitching. Guy, the perfect example. God, mm-hmm. I wish you, I knew your name, man, and I know you listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm walking with my film crew in Times Square, mm-hmm. and a guy's pitching a comedy show. Okay, and he's like, "Hey, we got great comedy. We got great comedy." And I'm, in my head, I was like, "You look at that with a very like, okay." Mm-hmm. And I walk past him, and then he comes over and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're Bert." And I went, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, "Oh, now he just recognized me." He goes, "My name's this." I forget his name right now. I wish I didn't. He's like, I'm a comic. I'm a young comic. Yeah. And I know I heard you on Rogan, and I heard you got your start barking, and that's why I'm barking. And I was like, oh, cool. And I sat and I talked to this guy. Let's talk to him. For yeah. fucking 15 minutes. I yeah. just bullshitted with him. And I was like, so where are you working out here? And I was like, let me give you my insight. Like, on New York. And we just started bullshitting about the business, about, who, hey, who you like and who's young. Like, right. the, everything. And it's so true. You have your guard up until you find someone's a comic, and then you're like, I'll talk to you for hours. Yeah. That's why us comics all have podcasts talking to comics. Right. we have so much in common. It's, it's so, and, and no one knows that life except for people that do it. And, yeah. And uh, it, it's this thing where I've run into people where just because that I've seen their videos four times of the coming up, coming up next week in the Dayton Funny Bone, yeah. like, you feel like you know people. Dude. But- don't get me started. Uh, I just had Chad Williams in, or Chad Daniels in here. Yeah, Chad Daniels. I've seen his. I've seen his poster every club I work yeah. at. 
Oh, my wife's here. <laughs> um, and so I see Chad Daniels, and I go, uh, I go, I'm like, I gotta give you on my podcast, man. Yeah. Everyone said Chad Daniels is literally the funniest guy they've ever met. The funniest, and he's like me and you uh-huh. in that he's a party guy. He's a party guy. Yes, good go time. Uh, Chad, girls, I'm doing a podcast, and I know mom's home, so I know you're okay. I'm turning this off. <laughs> They're not even listening. They're just annoying me. But yeah, so I had Chad Daniels in here. But it's, yeah. you're right. I always wanted to meet Jay, Jay Medicine Hat. Yeah. Because Jay Medicine Hat was one of those guys that had legendary stories. Right. Going I may out. do a Jay Medicine Hat retrospective. And just have come, people come on and tell, and tell, tell stories. Because when that, when, when that happens, you have to have Colleen on from the Des Moines, from the Des Moines Funny Bone. From o- Omaha. Omaha. Right, yeah. right, right. Omaha. Yeah. She's got so many... So many medicine stories. I bet she. I gotta have Colleen on she's and just great. have her talk about everything because she's she's uh, she is she's one of the last. I say the last Mohicans mm-hmm. of people running a club who have been in this business their whole adult life and yeah. are passionate about us. Just love comedy, Co- Colleen. When you go to that club, she and I'm not shitting on and, any other club. Yeah, and but this, this and is why Colleen does it. This is the Omaha Funny Bone. She. Not only does she make sure you're in a nice hotel mm-hmm. and that you're comfortable, and she kind of mm-hmm. looks after that, but everyone at the hotel knows you're the comic, yeah. so they pay like extra attention to you, oh, and they're so like, great. "How are your shows tonight?" She feeds you at the club. She will. She doesn't comment on your drinking at the club. She no. won't, she doesn't comment on your sets. She won't shit on your sets if you have a no. bad set. And at like like on if you're having a rough week she'll set up a massage on saturday for you she'll take you she out did to, that for me this last time she'll take you out to dinner now right now colleen's like bird i only do that for a few people <laughs> but she'll take you out to dinner on sunday yeah. and like and like she is it's so nice she i think she looks at us more She's, as family as yeah. opposed to we're 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 her children that are coming in to visit that we we live in another state. She's always like, "Why don't you bring the girls and I'll take care of the girls for the weekend, mm-hmm. and you and Leanne can have a couple date nights, then go do the show." Like yeah. she really is like a great one of the one and like one of the great people in this business. It's a reason like I don't think anyone really thinks of Omaha as like a hotbed for comedy, but I go, I'll be going there for the rest of my life. Damn right, I'll be going there. For, I'll be going there for the rate she offers for the rest of my life. Yes, because I have a good time there. Exactly. Like those are the clubs. Like the, you get in a conversation with your agent, and they're like, "What clubs do you want to get rid of?" And there's like a few where you're like, "You know what? I don't really have any connection to that club. Right? It's very corporate. I understand they own it, but like the people working there don't really give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But man, there's then you go to like Stroop or like like Rick. Or like, uh, mm-hmm. or like Colleen. People who really those, give a fuck about guys, the club, and they love comedy. And I'm sure there's a lot more of those, right? But I'm the, just yeah, saying the, those, those, are those are just ones off the top of our heads. Uh, it, it's it's so interesting how the concept of a, a stand-up comedy club is so basic: stage, microphone, speakers, table. Yeah, like it's so basic. Yet there's so many ways you could fuck it up, oh. <laughs> and so many people that do. And uh, but then. How, when done right and done, it's just such, it, it's the best form. Like, you could, the, the best comedy movie, something like, some, something like The Hangover, make, it, it may make you laugh once every minute 45, two minutes, two, 2.30. A comedy club at its peak, you're, you're laughing every 30 seconds. Yeah. Every 30 seconds. And belly laughs for an hour hour and 15 minutes uh throwing the openers for for an hour and 45 minutes two hours you are laughing every 30 seconds why wouldn't anyone want it doesn't make sense that people don't go more often yeah like i'm like uh, you know but 
I don't know. Um, so wait, so what was the first uh, first like uh, uh, tall person you fucked? Ooh, uh, first tall person I fucked was. And did they make you pray? No, <laughs> <laughs> they did not. Uh, first tall person I had sex with was a person after a show because I started doing stand up when I was nineteen. Uh, lost my virginity when I was twenty. Started? Did you start at the Irvine Improv? I started at the. Well, it, it's weird. Okay, you seem like I, for some reason I always yeah. thought you started in Mexican rooms. Well, here's the story, uh, and then uh, for all for all the people that have that have shit on Carlos Mencia, I and for Do people not like and, him. And, yeah, hmm? is that is that a thing? <laughs> for guy. for all the for all the rumors for all for all the stories. Let let me tell you this story, and you can have. Any other thoughts on him that you have? And you have any other thoughts on me? Whatever. But let me just tell you this story, and it's a true story. Is the Bray Improv. I was I was 19 years old. I went to see a Carlos Mencia show. I never done stand up before. I'm trying to think what year this is. This is yeah. This is 11 is this years ago. Punisher years, or is this like this is right after his Comedy Central presents? So right, he's still pretty young. Yeah, right before Mind of Mencia. Right before season one of Mind of Mencia. Okay. Right after Comedy Central presents. Uh, he goes to Bray Improv. He's on stage. I I go to the show. Old Bray Improv? Uh, no. Okay. N- new new one still. He starts he starts telling midget jokes. Half the audience is laughing. The audience is sitting by me, not laughing. Just like just like making signs, like huh, huh, like yeah. like pointing with their eyes and like like. There's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mencia notices this and turns to that turns to this side of the audience and goes, "What?" What the fuck? Why aren't you guys like? Th- th- there's a silence. By the over way, here. I can hear him say, "What the fuck?" I can, like that's like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, "What is?" He goes, "He goes, what is wrong with you guys? These jokes are funny." He's like, "What is one of them here?" And I raise my hand and I go, "Me? What's up?" And he goes, "Oh my god, I had to talk to you." So he just calls me up on stage. Yeah. And I run, and I run up on stage and he starts asking me questions. Um, and just basic questions. What's your name? What do you do? And I answer them. My answers got laughs from the audience. And that's when, that's when the heroin needle went in. That's when I got hooked. That's when I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, I I remember he asked me what I did for a living. And at at the time I was working at Disneyland, which (sighs) come on. It's a fucking huge laugh. Yeah. Dwarf working at Disneyland. What were you doing at Disneyland? Uh, and that's the thing. I, I remember like my first real like laugh. At a comedy club was, I said, I work at Disneyland. Audience laughs, and then I turn to the audience and point at them and go, I, I wasn't one of the seven fuckers. And then it just, yeah. poof, and big laugh. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that was, I did that. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I was a bodyguard for the characters. So I'd walk around with Mickey, Minnie, Donald, all those guys. Really? And then like, yeah. And then I would be, I would be there, and every now and then... You know, a five-year-old steps out of line, you got to throw a forearm shiver, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's just what happens. We want it to be a fair fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, we'll at least put a dwarf against them. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I answer the questions, and I got laughs. And uh, Mencia's on stage, and he goes, wow, uh, are you a comic? I go, no. And he looks at me and goes, you should be a comedian. I go, I'm going to be a comedian. And the next, next night, yeah, I, start, I found an open mic, started going up. Uh, fast forward to a year and a half later. Year and a half later, I go to the Ontario Improv uh, to see to see another Mencia show. Uh, he this time sees me before the show, 
and comes up to me and goes, "Hey man, you're you're that guy. You're, you're that dude from Brea." I go, "Yeah, I'm coming out to see a show." Again. He goes, "Uh, you, you said you were going to start doing stand up. Did you ever start doing comedy?" I go, "Yeah, I've been doing it now for about a year and a half." He goes, "You have to open up my show tonight. You have you have to open up my show." Yeah. And you know this because you because you've been through the ranks. I mean, w- when you're doing open mics and coffee shops and whatever. For someone to say, "Hey, you want to go on stage at my sold-out improv show?" I mean, you're, you're holy shit. Yeah. That, that, that's an insane, that's an insane opportunity. And um, so I, I say, "Okay," and I go on stage before him. I do maybe five minutes, and I get off stage, and he goes, "Hold on for a second. Mencia runs up on stage and goes, "Hey guys, hey, uh, I, uh, you're 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 gonna see one more comic, and then I'm gonna come on. But I just have to ask you something. Uh, my current my current feature act and uh, his current feature act at the time was Steve was Steve, Steve Trevino. Trevino. Yeah, he goes, he's ready. He's ready to be a headliner. He's gonna go off and he's gonna do great things, and he's gonna crush. He's he's graduated. He's good. Was he working with you that weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve? Uh, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he goes. What did you guys think of Brad? And the audience cheered and clapped. And he goes, all right, you've made a decision for me. Brad, you're my new opening act. At that moment, and I'm just like, wait, what? Awkward. Yeah, yeah. Steve's like, wait, what do I do with these dates coming up? <laughs> no, I mean, he kept Steve on for the yeah. dates and then, and then gave him a job as a writer on season one of Mind of Mencia. So Steve was still in the family. Uh, and... Yeah, and then I had to go home and tell my parents. I, I, I was going to USC at the time. I had to tell them, hey, I, I know I'm a year away from graduating, but I'm going to drop out and be a stand-up comic. And, you know, that goes over tremendously like well with the parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the next week, he was doing the Fox Theater in Bakersfield. So in, in, in the course of two weeks, I went from doing open mics in front of nobody Yeah. To the Fox here at Bakersfield, which is thirteen hundred people, and now I'm opening up those shows. So anyone can say anything about Mencia that they want, and you and you can have those opinions. That's okay. You you can have them. But I know what he did for me, and then I was on I was his opening act for four, for four years, and uh, he he put me on mine to Mencia a bunch of times, and uh, I know I know that I know that he's a genuine I know he's a genuine guy. He 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 loves comedy. So, uh, like I said, have your opinions, and if you and if if you send me hate mail, if you send me hate tweets, that's fine. No, I, I don't think I, I, don't I get think, it, but he the, but he did that for me. Shit's kind of disappeared. Like I don't I don't think anyone really. I, I, I'm sure they do. I just I am hope not so. in that circle. Yeah, I, I hope so. It's uh it's something to where whenever we were on the road together, he he would pay for every meal if if ever we. He'd pay for my travel. If we ever went out shopping, he would say, whatever you're getting, throw, I've, throw I've it never on heard, pile. I've never heard anything negative about – I've never heard anything negative about – I don't know I don't know the guy. So yeah. I, even if I've heard it, I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. Yeah. I mean – And, and, and it, it's interesting because I'm friends with guys now that tell me, like, you know that I really don't get along with your buddy, Mincy. And I go, that's fine. Yeah. I've got, I've, I've got people that I don't get along with that are friends with people that I get along with. I get it. It's interesting. Just the hint of, of – of plagiarism mm-hmm. is enough to scare any comic, and it's a yeah. lot of reasons. It's a reason I don't do a lot of rooms because I understand. I understand that I'm, and it's like, and it's like the kind of plagiarism I dislike is, look, if you're going to take my thing and do it verbatim on stage, mm-hmm. then do that. It's going to come back to people are going to know it's mine, right? And good luck with it. 
Yeah. Like I've had people steal straight up bits, like bits, and take them on stage and do them. Yeah. And I also have had people have parallel thoughts of mine. Yeah. Like, I... I uh, and, and and you don't know when it's not a parallel thought or it's not. No, I was I, I was horrified the other day because I wrote a tweet that said something along the line. I I try to tweet jokes. I, I try uh, to uh, I along one in a along week. with yeah. It, it, it's hard to do uh, for for the people that are great tweeters. I'm props. Uh, it's so hard. Uh, and I tweet this joke about because I saw a thing of almond milk and I thought almond milk. I didn't know almonds had nipples or, or whatever. Uh, I just worked with the guy who had a joke about this. Yeah. And who was it? I don't know, but then I posted that as a tweet, and people immediately jumped on and were like, thief. Blah, By the blah, way, blah. I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't know if it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. I just heard someone working on a bit about almond milk like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and In my head, yeah. I was like, I drink almond milk every single day. Yeah. I have an almond milk smoothie, and I've never thought of it. Yeah. I was like, fuck, it was right there. And then someone posted a clip of Lewis Black doing a bit. Oh, that's... I heard someone the other day tell me they were working on a bit about almond milk. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, fuck. Fuck and like I like I immediately take everything down and like no 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 no, no, no. You, you don't have to do that. Oh, I mean like I just don't want to that and I know the camp that I come from yeah and I know that some people may be looking for me to kind of do something like that. There was so, a kid. There was a kid when I was when I, I was. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. When I was a young, when I was like a, 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 a when I was a road comic, like doing the mm-hmm. road, like doing hours and doing a lot, all the funny bones and improvs, and clearly established. I think I had an hour special out, and uh, and I would been on TV a bunch. Uh, there was a young comic who was writing for SNL called um, I want to say Mitch Mullaney. Yeah, Mitch Mullaney. Yeah, I know Mitch. Uh, well, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, I I I know. Mitch. No, 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 okay. not Mitch Mullaney. John Mullaney. Mitch Mullaney's passed. You're right. That's why I said John Mullaney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, no, he's still John yeah. Mullaney. John Mullaney. Uh, and a- Amy Schumer told me who's special on Netflix is awesome. Oh, he's an way. amazing comic. Yeah, ridiculous. He's, and, comic. and 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 I was told they were like he's doing one of your jokes. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say someone else told me, and then Amy Schumer's like, yeah, he's doing one of your jokes, but clearly he wrote it. Right. And it's just parallel thinking. Yes. And in my head, I was like, yeah, well, I've already done it on TV. Yeah, at some point, he if he's either going to see that and go, well, I can't do this now because that's mm-hmm. what a good comic does, or go, right. fuck it, I wrote it, and then a good comic does that too. Like, yeah, a good comic's like I like I get rid of bits if I if someone's got a very similar bit, I get rid of it because I'm like I'm like I, I don't want people to question it. Right, you know, I, even if it's similar in nature, I get yeah. rid of it. And, I, and the thing I was saying about plagiarism is what I don't like, and this is what my my thing with, and the reason I don't do a lot of open mics or small rooms in the city mm-hmm. is there are a lot of young, hungry, very hungry. You cannot. You cannot put it, quantify the hunger that a young oh comic in LA has. Yeah, and when I go up with a half baked bit that I'm yeah. working out, you can see from the other side of stage how that could be funnier. And someone mm-hmm. can just take it, turn it into a bit, and bam, Boom. they're done. That's their thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't even want that. Right. It's the reason I tour with usually with Fultron or or some one of the comics that I know because I know they won't do that. Right. And that and that especially Matt uh, Matt Matt Fultron who's great comic and his, but yeah. his style is so much different than yeah. yours uh so you don't have to worry about that kind of, that kind of thing uh i did a room in uh central california uh, fairfield called pepper bellies did you ever do pepper bellies? I, i've heard of it i i've never done it yeah there was a there was a dwarf comic there uh and he came out to me before the show i was like hey i'm a big fan of yours and i've been you know i've been following your career and i was like yeah let, do you want a guest spot let's let's get oh, let's get you a guest shit. spot 
And I already know where this is going yes, in my head. Exactly. It's going exactly there. He went on stage and did three of my jokes in front of me. Well, you can't you can't not in a weird way because yeah. you're inspired by those guys. Like I've had guys that are like party. Like I had a girl, I, I talked to her, I talked about her with Michael Yo. That's who I was talking to. Mm-hmm. I talked with her Michael Yo. I guess her name's something Colleen or or uh or something. Okay. But they She's a comedy store comic, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. But she has she has a bit about calling being called the machine. Mm. And I was like, and she came up. She's like, just so you know, I have a machine bit too. And I was like, in my head, I was like, she's like, it's like about I'm a big drinker. I was like, well, we're, anyone anyone right. that is a big drinker at some point you're getting one of the big nicknames yeah. of being a big drinker. Right. But, I, I, but yeah, I did say to her, you know, like like uh, it's you maybe you should Google mine. She's yeah. like, I don't even know what's yours. And I was like, you might want to Google mine because I don't. You're not gonna you're not gonna out me. Sheen me not to be a right. dick, but like you're 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 the machine. <laughs> like I, like I, like trust me, if I could get away from the nickname, I would. Right, you but can't. like I, I am christened. Yes, like I'm, I have shirts. There's my kids know me as that. Right, like, <laughs> like, I have a documentary coming out. I have a book out. I have a fucking like yeah, like, like I but but like but I was like you can't. I also can't tell her don't do it. She's came by it honest, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, let her let her do it, too. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm sure there's comics that are named, there was a comic named Jim Brewer mm-hmm. out of, uh, out of Steve, was it Steve Brewer? Jim Brewer? Wait, Jim Brewer's the SNL guy. Yeah, right? and yeah. there was one called Steve Brewer. Okay. And he was like, it's such a fucking pain in the ass, they think we're brothers. Well, that's what, something you have to deal with. That's why Albert Brooks changed his name. You know what his name originally was? Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Einstein's Super Dave Einstein, Super Dave? Yeah. Is his brother. Is his brother, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's funny. Um, I, 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 I once got into an argument with a, with a Dallas comic because uh, his name is Chris Brown. And he goes on stage as Chris Brown, and I go, "Dude, you got to change your name." Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, no, it's great because then, then people come out to the shows and they think the rapper's gonna be doing it, and then I go on stage and they're like shocked by it." And like, I would not want that. I don't want people to be expecting one thing and like, you know what I mean? Dude, Robert Kelly. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, Robert was one of those guys. I hate even telling a story about him because I always get it wrong, or at least. When it gets back to Bobby, it gets yeah. different. Right, but Robert right, right. Kelly got his MySpace taken down because he was using Robert Kelly. Do you know who took it down? Who? R. Kelly. What? Robert Kelly is also R. Kelly. Get out! So Yeah. So R. Holy Kelly shit. was like, fuck that. I'm Robert Kelly. And wow. Robert Kelly was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I never. R. He didn't see that coming in a million years. No, I wouldn't have done and that. So, but it's so funny. I never called him Robert. I always called him Bobby. Yeah. But I, I think he still is Robert Kelly. But right. so, yeah, it's like you got to be cognizant of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't. I saw that. I saw that Jay Moore and uh, and Mincy are now touring together. They did a show in Cincinnati together. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's yeah. yeah they're, I mean, and they're both friends of mine, so it, it's cool. I, yeah. I I I like it. And here's the thing about comedy is that some people. Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, I used to work with Jay, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 some people try to go to war over factions. Well, I'm a blankety blank fan, and you're a whatever fan, so we could. No, no, no. You're just you're a fan of comedy. I, it, whatever I, works, whatever dude, makes you laugh, that's I what agree. you should like. If Carrot Top makes you laugh, dude, Carrot Top makes me fuck laugh. Yes, Carrot Top. I saw his show in yes. live one time at like the Sun Theater or whatever, the Sun Center. Yeah, that made me laugh my dick off. Yes. 
and you shouldn't be a, you, you, you shouldn't be ashamed if any comic makes you like it. Like, l- 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 listen, I have a thing that when, when, whenever something good happens to me in my career, I get into my car, I roll down my windows, and I play the song "Firework" by. Katy Perry, and I scream the shit out of that thing. By the way, a brilliant fucking song. Great song! And I drive down the road, and I'm just, like, screaming it out, and, like, one time a friend was like, bro, I can't believe you like that song. It's like, yeah. dick, it makes me happy. What, how does it affect, does my happiness affect you? Yeah, how are you allowed to judge my happiness? Yeah, it, it's what makes me happy. Try, it, it, try that at an intervention, doesn't work the same. <laughs> like, I could get that if every time I listened to Katy Perry's firework, 22 African children instantly died. Yeah. If that, okay, maybe I'll reconsider my options and become a fog hat guy. But, <laughs> but like, if I'm saying, it just doesn't affect anyone. Yeah. It, it only affects my happiness. Happiness and you somehow want that to stop? Fuck you! No, are you still touring with Mencia? No, uh, we don't tour, but we talk. Uh, I just found in uh, I when, whenever something happens to me that's good, so, something happened to me good, really good yesterday that I can't talk about yet. Damn it! I want to, but uh, you're gonna tell me after the show, right? Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, and when something good, I always text him and I say thanks, Ned. And I, I, I just say thank you because he brought me from nothing, took me on the road, and got this ball rolling. So I still call him, I still text him, and 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 I say yeah, but thank you. At a certain you. point, you got to realize it's you. <laughs> what, what, I mean, like, like, like I, I, I was, I was, I was prone to that for mm-hmm. a while, and mm-hmm. then, I, and then I, I realized at a certain point, I was like, not, not prone to, but I'm, I'm very prone to being grateful yeah. for every opportunity, and then at a certain point, you're like. You got, you, it's like it's like no one's in the room for auditions. No one's on stage with you. No one's no yeah. one. You're it's you a lot. Yeah. Like like it's the same thing. Where like I had an agent one time call me and say I got you, I got you the part, and I was like what? And in my head I was like didn't I audition for it? it He's like yeah, but I got you in for the audition. I go yeah, but that that's that's your fucking job. Right. Like, I had to do the read. Right. I got the read. Like what the fuck? And I yeah. remember being like, holy shit. And and so I I kind of at a, at a certain point I kind of uh, I, I, I yeah I know what you're I I know what you're saying but mm-hmm. at a certain point you just got to be like it's all about me but then Is at some it, point they're gonna backlash and go how come you didn't tell me you got this yeah, like, yeah I don't yeah. know I didn't fucking think yeah. about it. It, it it's funny and and I think. Every comic has this when, when when they're a comedian. Is every relative, every friend tries to be like, uh, "Hey, remember that birthday party when you were eight, and then I was really funny in front yeah. of you, and then I did that joke, like I threw the pie in your friend's face, and like that. That's how it started. That's how it started. You're like, fuck you. No, that's not how it started. Like that. No, you don't take credit for that. Like yeah. it's not. No, that's not. That, that's not what happened. There, there was no. Like my dad is the only person that's allowed to say anything in terms of how he took credit for any of my comedy coming up and me d- deciding to become a comedian. Yeah, that's it. If your name is not Peter Williams, no, you had nothing. Are your parents still alive? Yeah, uh, my dad. My dad and uh, I. My dad actually. Uh, all right, it's gonna get serious for a second. Um, he was. He was doing chemo and radiation for about a year, and I just found out that he's cancer free. Really? And um, I I found out an hour before my show at the Comedy Works, and I'm backstage at, at com, 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 the Comedy Works in Denver. 
I'm, I'm bawling. Yeah. I'm bawling backstage. And then I finally get it together and I go on stage and I have a joke in my act where I say, uh, dwarves are happiness. We should be giving midgets to cancer patients. Uh-huh. And I say that on stage and I pause and I just start. I, 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 I lost it. I on stage, you lost it. I, I lost love it because it, it's a connection. It's a connection with reality. Yeah, and then I had to have that moment where I, I look up at the audience and I say, "All right, I know it's a show. I know I'm doing. I'm no. I'm the guy on stage. I'm the performer. But my dad just fucking beat cancer. Okay. Yeah. And I've never been this what happy kind of, before. What kind of cancer? Uh, he had he had skin cancer. And oh, that's it, the fucking sketchy uh, one too. Yeah. Well, I mean, because there's skin cancer that you could just burn off and be yeah. like all right that was it whatever and then there's skin cancer where it's like you have skin cancer like yeah. it's serious and then i made a post on twitter or instagram because i don't like to let people in a lot to what's going like i'm not the guy that when i go through a breakup or something like that or a friend does something where i go to twitter and facebook oh i don't do it on twitter and facebook yeah but that is that shit walks on stage with me yeah like i that that shit walks on stage with it me carries. and i make it uncomfortable times yeah. like i can make it i can t- <laughs> oh i have because t- well, i don't give a fuck like i'm can't so avoid like it. yeah it's like it's like hey you came to see me this is me yeah i hope you dig it yeah and like i i know that my primary job my, my, my not my primary job my job is to entertain people so my job is to not go on twitter and facebook and rant about how some ex did me wrong or someone's trying to exploit me for money or whatever yeah. that's not my job Fuck that. people yeah. follow me on twitter or follow me on facebook because they want me to be funny because i'm because i'm the monkey and they want me to dance i get that yeah. so i very rarely post about anything personal but I, I don't even I, post about issues. Yeah, I posted about my dad, and the feedback I got was unreal. And just people writing me and saying either that they're going through it, their family members are going through it, but how genuinely happy they were. Yeah, and that was it. It, it wasn't survivor's guilt, but I kept reading things like "so happy for your dad, lost my brother to leukemia." I'm I'm so happy that's that, that that someone beat this thing, it's, and you feel guilty because you're like, why did my dad, why why did he win? Why why I mean, don't get me wrong, thankful, and I I would kill someone in the street to make it happen. Yeah, but holy shit, why you know what I mean? Like why him and why does he get that? And then others who also love people, why do they not? And it, it was it was hard to read, but at the same time, very good to read and very therapeutic and very like holy shit, we are we are against this thing and we are fighting it and and that's the thing about cancer is everyone knows someone, everyone knows someone yeah uh, and it it, it, was, it was one of the most surreal moments I've had in my career just to have just to share that with people and then I think I made some posts like all right I'm gonna get back to the dick and kardashian jokes but okay thank you for letting me have this moment yeah i think i think there's i mean i always i always toe the line between that super honest super revealing mm-hmm. stand up mm-hmm. but then you you definitely definitely toe the line of uncomfortableness because some people are dealing yeah. with whatever you're talking about yeah. right now right now and you're like but they're, but they're you know it's like it. fuck it if you know and i'll, I'll use mency as an example but if he's mm-hmm. going to take whatever chance he has to mock little people mm-hmm. in on stage why not take why not that's not i mean like not not shitting on him but I, it's a realization i've had recently mm-hmm. like why would i take 
I, I, I used to say, I'm going to take a chance and do this kind of joke. Yeah. I'm taking chances on stage. I'm doing this kind of joke. Abortion or, or, right. or, or, or race or whatever. Why, yeah. Those aren't chances really anymore. Like, right. Chances are that taking a chance is doing something where it may not be funny, but mm-hmm. no one's doing it. Like, yeah. like, doing, like, like doing a pro-gay joke in 1987 – that was taking a chance. That was really taking a chance. <laughs> like, you know, like that's like, you know, like, but no one did that. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, you look back and you're like, oh, Sam Kinison really took chances. Mm-hmm. He was just mocking people with AIDS. I mean, and Sam Kinison's one of my heroes. Yeah. But like, he, yeah, you have a picture you know, of him right there. You have there. a picture yeah, yeah. of him in my, my man cave. But like, those aren't chances per se, whereas like, like, like trying to find out a bit about your dad yeah. is a chance. Yeah. Like, that's really taking a chance because there are people dealing with it, but the payoff for that. Right it is 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 a waterfall. Yeah, I went back right after I, uh, I I got when my dad was diagnosed. I listened to uh, Tignataro set. Holy shit! I haven't shit. heard it. I haven't heard it. I can't listen to it. I, I listened to the beginning of it. Yeah, I listened to her like go. I can't tell the joke about the hummingbird or whatever. Right, or whatever that and like she was like I just can't. Yeah. But when I heard that, I was like, well, now I can't either. Like in a weird way, I was like. Fuck. I mean, I can. I can do the carrot cucumber joke on stage. Yeah. I don't have much of a connection to it. It's almost character driven. The older you get in stand up, I feel like you get further away from the character that was working. Like yeah. The character of like this, like it was like I feel like when I say we started, but when me and you were working uh, Irvine Improv at the same time, we'd always do those Tuesdays or Thursday nights. Like mm-hmm. it's like we all had the same like confidence level where you mm-hmm. got on stage and you're like time to murder yeah and now <laughs> this it's is happening yeah now it's like like it's int- it's really this whole fucking path has been fucking fascinating it's weird how it changes right like now yeah. um now when i go on stage uh, uh, like I, I i know that i could talk about something and i have faith in myself i've been doing this so long uh 11 years now that i think like okay i can make this funny wh- 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 whatever it is i can try i can i can make it funny but, but it's all about it, it now it's all about finding it whereas earlier i'd be too scared to try to just go on stage with a topic in my head and just riff dude i'm still there like i tried to do this bit about i told you about stephen a smith and yeah. i barreled through it i barreled through it last night and i didn't give anyone an opportunity to laugh mm-hmm. nor to get an, give them an inter- opportunity to think i was comfortable with the material because right. i wasn't because i didn't know like I, I was also judging like there was a lot of women in the crowd and i was like someone's gonna write a complaint letter yeah like that's, your head gets in there and i'm like what the fuck is stand-up become and at yeah. one point i said don't worry i won't talk about anything that fucking matters right now I'm just going to talk about me, mm-hmm. and that's it. And you can't deny me. Like, this is what happened with me and my children. This is what mm-hmm. happened with me. I don't know. I don't know. So, all right. Let's 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 get back. Okay. Uh, quickly, because I know we have a tight schedule with you. But I'm dying to know. But more importantly, I want to wrap up old things so I can find out what's going on in your career. <laughs> um, so, so um, what is the pr- ratio of, like, uh, little people you fucked versus big people? Ooh, okay. Uh, it's probably, like, uh, for every 10... Uh, tall girls. It's one dwarf girl. Really? Yeah. So it, but like, that's what's the, thing. the tallest you've ever fucked? Uh, s- uh, six one. Shut. Uh, up. a former USC volleyball player. Uh, I, I had sex with her, and we both we both did it for the story. We both did it for like, oh my god, this is gonna be so much fun. Shut up. <laughs> we both were like looking at each other, like, okay, this is yeah, this is gonna be good. Just in the fact that I know you've had sex with at least ten people, I'm like, you've already beat my numbers of tall people. 
I'm fucking. I'm at like seven. Woo! I tapped out at seven. I was you're like, going. Fuck you're, it. You got. So you got the magical number seven. You're fucking Elway. Great seven or six, something. Who knows? Yeah, it's yeah. A, a wife's in there. So as soon as the <laughs> wife happens, it kind of kills those. Hopefully, numbers. yeah, yeah. The, uh, no, what was? Have you ever? Have you ever had sex with someone where you felt like they mm-hmm. were? They, did you ever feel? Have you ever had sex with someone where you felt like this? I'm not. I'm, I feel like I'm being demeaned. Like I feel like I'm just the story. Yes. yes. Really. Uh, Quite quite often, um, most of the time, most of the time it doesn't bother me. Most of the time I'm like, all right, I'm having an orgasm. You're getting your bucket list item. Yeah, fine. Everyone everyone's getting something they like here. Yeah. Uh, rarely, but it, it's happened to where they will scream something out that's along the lines of like, and this is gonna sound like I'm doing a hack bit. I get it. I understand that. But it's real. Like, well, you gotta understand. You're probably f- most chicks that people fuck are hacks. Most people are hacks, <laughs> right? Like, there's very few yes. people who can make who have original yes. shit. So this is not me writing this and going, "Oh man, this." But like, most people jump out of a plane, and go Geronimo. Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, that's yeah, that's what you do. There's people been on cruise ships that go up to the front, and go, "I'm the king of the world." I get it. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> there's been women that have been having sex with me, and 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 they yell out. Take me to your chocolate factory. And I'm like, wait, what? And Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah. And like that takes me kind of out of the moment Are for you, a you second. Want me to fuck you in the ass? Yeah. Is that like, yeah. Is that is that like oh, is anal now? Oh, what? That, okay. I'll do it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm doing it. No but, offense. I'm not in love with you either. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, all, right, all right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've had women yell s- stuff out like that, and while I don't, I've never stopped and be like, that's it. Yeah. No more. Like I, I, I've. I've, I've I've I'm going to that. my room to jerk off. Yeah, no, like I've always, I've always finished up, but at the same time, there's, there's been moments like that. It's like, all right, you're like, I, I have no problem walking out of this room. Yeah, now. if if that if that happened right now, okay. Like there, there was, there's a bit uh, I, I used to do, which was a true story. Like, like, like I said, be a dwarf and wait. Um, there was a girl that legitimately wanted to paint me blue. Like she's like, I, w- I want to paint you blue. I want to put some blue body paint on you, and then I want you to fuck me. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's a thing? They're like, yeah, that's great. But then when we get done, I'm the one that has to shower. <laughs> now, now, I'm, now I'm washing the blue yeah. off in a post-sex shower. Like, that's so <laughs> fucking crazy. Wait, what? what is, um, what's like one thing? Okay, this is a question I was going to ask you at the very beginning of the podcast. And I was okay. wondering this today. Uh-huh. It, okay, say you make a million dollars. I'm imagining you have roommates right now, right? No, uh, I live alone. You live by yourself? Yeah. Now, um... I've, yeah, I've got. I've, I live in Orange County. I got a condo you live there. In Orange County? Yeah, I thought you lived in Hollywood for some reason. Well, I have. I have an apartment in Hollywood. It's yeah. just like a. It, it, it's don't think like oh, Brad's got two places. Technically, it's a garage with a bed in it. It's not. Yeah. It's. It, I'm not living large in Hollywood. It's. It, it, it's a. It's yeah. It's just so I can sleep and go to auditions and do yeah. things like this in the morning and not have to drive from Orange County all the time. Yeah, but that, yeah, yeah. That's actually a. I think it's a form of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle uh, that my dad tried to get me into. Where you, it's I think it's called pod living or something. Oh, okay. Where you get a place in a city. Yeah. That's like a, a literally a place where you can fall asleep there. Yeah. And then you have a place where you live. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll probably do that more based on other projects that are going on. But yeah, it, it, I'll probably set up like little. <laughs> you know, everyone's just gonna be hitting you up. Like Brad, what are you working on? Yeah. <laughs> Dwarf timeshares all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Is Peter Dinklage involved? Yes. Exactly. Have you met Peter Dinklage? I haven't. Uh, he's the one dwarf celebrity that I st- that I still want to meet, obviously, because he's so damn how about, good. How about uh, Wee Man? Yeah, we're friends. Really? We, which is insane, because uh, if, if you know me, you know that I get mistaken for him 
every day. Every really? day, someone calls me Wee Man. Uh, He's got more of a smoker's voice. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he does. And I don't see the connection. For me, it's like, all right, he's about 20 pounds heavier. He's got two sleeves of tattoos, and he's Mexican. But sure, okay. He's Mexican? His last name's Acuna. Jason Acuna. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Mexi Midget. Yeah. Are there any ethnicities that don't have little people? Uh, I've never met a Muslim dwarf before. I think, I, I think they hide them. I, I don't know. So interesting. I, I've, I've met like all... Like all their forms of little people. There's tons. There's tons. All right. If you ever want the cutest thing in the world, adopt an Asian dwarf baby. And there's so many of them because China, like, they have that little one kid policy. So then if a family has a dwarf baby first, they're like, Mm-mm, that's not going to be my kid. No. I want, really? like, yeah. Well, I love Asian children. Oh, my God. Asian dwarf baby. Most, most cute thing in, like, no war could if happen. You adopt, if you adopted, would you adopt a, Absolutely. a little person? Yes, I would adopt a little person. I would adopt an Asian dwarf baby. If if I if, if I saw a gang fight going on, I, I would throw Asian dwarf baby in the middle of the gang fight, and it would it would just stop. Be it would like, just, oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, yeah, he's wearing red, and I'm wearing blue, and I should hate him, but fuck, Quang Ping is tiny. Like yeah. it's just like it, 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 they're the cutest things in the world. Now here's a question I've been dying to ask you. Okay, and but and I. This is a stupid question. I don't care. But I'm wondering. Okay. Like when you it, say you make a million dollars and you yeah, have yeah. like a mansion. Yeah, yeah. Would you is it more comfortable to you to get for you to get smaller furniture mm-hmm. and like a smaller size stuff, like smaller chairs? Mm-hmm. Or would you get regular like big couches? Yeah. Like um Tom Segura is calling right now. Oh really? Put him on the podcast. Is there if you could ask one question to Brad Williams, what would it be, Segura? Um, like, how big are your bowel movements? Oh, good question. Good <laughs> how question. big are my bowel movements? Hey, I'm doing a podcast with Brad. I'll call you back. Okay. All right, cool. All right, bye. <laughs> how big are my bowel How big are your bowel movements? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, like, you see, you, you, you look at my ass. This this ass is giant. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I, I sometimes have to flush twice. Not, not, so I told, like I said, Eileen, sometimes you got to break it up with the coat hanger. Respect. Uh, yeah, like I, I think because in my place now, I have. Uh, I I don't have anything that's kind of like dwarf friendly. Like I don't like I don't have any like really tiny furniture or my my counters. Like I just have stools everywhere and not my bowel movements. Yeah. Like, but I have like. Yeah, just like fold out stools everywhere that like are all around my kitchen, and I just like like you, you know that ladder that's in a library that like you throw down the bookshelf. It's yeah, like, it's like on wheels. I've got that like everywhere, just like really? ladders and stools and stuff. Yeah, my my condo looks like a damn funhouse. Is there a, is there a, <laughs> is there a, a company that does that for you? Uh, like not, a company that specializes in that? Oh, there is, but I just go to like I just go to Home Depot and grab a, a stool. Like so, like it. so, is it like your your seat? When you sit down, like when you go go to watch TV, mm-hmm. just a regular couch. Eh, yeah, I guess I would want to. I would love to have a huge fucking couch in my house. And when I do, like me in a king size bed, holy shit! Like I, I, I can roll around. I could jump into a backflip. There, like I got room. It's God, great. Yeah. Like, uh, did, did, you, did you ever see the shack bed on yes. MTV Cribs? Yeah, that's what a king size bed is for me. That's so awesome. Insane. I love I love the functionality things you bring up when you talk about it on stage. Like I love yeah. the things that people take for granted that you look at with rose right. colored glasses, and you're like, you're like, oh fuck, I would love that. Yeah, it, uh, and yeah, like even it, it, it's an old bit, but even the story where 
uh, and I, I have to do this almost every week where I have to call down to the front desk when I go to my hotel room and have them adjust the shower head because the shower head, whoever was in there last or cleaned it, is now spraying against the wall. And I don't want to have to like climb up the side of the wall to get like my two streams of water on on the back of my head. So I need people to adjust the shower head. And sometimes I'm trying to describe it to the front desk, and they're like, "Uh, just the shower head? You need a plumber?" It's like, "No, no, no! I just need someone to reach up, grab it with their hand, and move it. <laughs> like that's all I need." And then they're like, so "Wait, so like redoing pipes or what? No, 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 no! Grab it, you know, move it. That's it. That's it. It's really? Like, yeah, and like they have a weird." concept about it it's i wish there was a keep your eyes open for a time like because i heard this podcast on uh on radio lab one time they're talking about blind people Mm -hmm. and how blind people see the world and this guy was telling a story about him checking into a hotel room there being like a living room and his Mm -hmm. bed Mm -hmm. and he went to the bed to use the phone call his wife and he couldn't find the phone and then he went to another room and tried to find the phone in the in the living room he couldn't find the phone he was like that's interesting so he did it again he traced the walls with his hands and he went to both nights, no phone, other yeah. than no phone. He was like, motherfucker. He was like, I must be out of my mind. I'll just go to sleep. He fell asleep. He woke up the next morning to the phone ringing. And he was like, the fuck? Right. So he like, traces with his hands, and he yeah. goes into that living room, and he finds the phone. And he's like, hey. To his wife, she's like, why didn't you call? And he's like, I don't know. I couldn't find the phone last night. She's like, yeah. So then he hangs up the phone, and then he traces his hand to go back to the bedroom, and the door's been closed. The wall's been shut up. Wait, and he's what? like, he's like, hold on. Is this some Twilight so he goes Zone back shit? Back to the phone, and he's like, "Here's the phone. Yeah, here's the wall. The right. door to the bedroom should be right here." And he starts freaking out, and he's like, "The fuck? Hold on! I just walked out of this door, and it's now it's not it's it's, it's, it's gone. a wall. The yeah. wall's gone. And he's in a cube, and he's like, Mother of God!'" So he calls down to the front desk, and he's like, "I'm gonna need someone to get me." out of my room back into my bed right and he's like he's like i am stuck in this room and i don't know how i got out yeah and all of a sudden he hears the door open from like far away and he's like what the fuck what it was was the room had a living room on the left Mm -hmm. bedroom in the center and a living room on the right and he had only been exploring the living room on the left Uh so when the phone rang that's where the living room was in the right but he got gotten turned around and thought i gotta be heading right like he knew his directions yeah so he was just in the other room but then like it's the, like those kind of fucking those things that you, are. You wouldn't think about it. Yeah, like like when you say I need someone to move move the shower head. Yeah, or like for me, it was washing your hair. Like that fucking <laughs> resonated with me forever. Like yeah, I, there's yeah, no yeah. way I can look at life now. Like I, I, <laughs> every time I'm, you wash your hair, every fucking time. <laughs> well, yeah, because my like I, I think and I, I think it was an ad lib at the time, but I'm I'm imagining things that I talked about were the fact that when my arms aren't long enough to reach the top of my head, so I have to like lean my head over to the side yeah, and do it and that then way. Do the other and, one. Reach, and I'm like I'm in a '80s Bangles video. Like going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it was so funny. But it's like it's like the first time I found out that Big Pun couldn't wipe his ass. Like you know, it's like it's like. Oh went, my god, that would, that day that that day is coming for me. Oh, it, what do you it, mean? Okay, like I hurt my back in November, and for a while I could not wipe my ass, and it scared. It oh, it was like oh my god, this is gonna be my life now, and I couldn't do it. Like I I can only shit. When I could immediately take a shower afterward. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, because my arm, like my arms are small, so like I couldn't do it for the longest time. Then through enough physical therapy, I got enough motion back in my back to where I can do it again. But like that, 
once that happened, I'm like, oh my god, I I have to prepare for this now. Now I'm like a doomsday prepper. What are the what are the what are the <laughs> physical what are the physical challenges that are like long term physical challenges for little mm-hmm. people? Uh, we have a lot of back problems. We have a lot of neck problems because, as, as you see, my head is a fucking oil drum on top of a toothpick. So it's, it's like crazy, crazy how like. How you have a reg- you have a regular size you have a, actually a kind of a big head. It, it, it's a big head. Like what my, size hat do you wear? Uh, seven and seven eighths. I wear an eight. You yeah. have my size head. Yeah, it's a big. We head. have the exact same head. Ah, <laughs> it's a big head. So yeah, there's not a lot of hats that fit me. Uh, so yeah, like I got a huge head on top of this tiny little body. So I but you also get the big dick. So I'll take the big head. Yeah, and the big dick. got that. <laughs> got a big ass. Oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so what's uh what's uh do you think you will get married? I th- I hope so. I think so. I don't know if it's going to be a dwarf. I don't know if it's going to be a tall person. I don't care. I don't have a type. Black chick. Uh, I just started. You just started. Yeah, I just started. <laughs> and man, it's fun. <laughs> it's something new. I I hadn't done it for the long. I I I never done it. And then uh, I I just started. I, I just started seeing this girl. And yeah, it's uh. It's fun. It's like it's doing, it's doing something new. And That's crazy. I mean, sex is still sex. It's it's not like it's like no, the black chick is a whole new world of possibilities. Yeah, like, it's not it's not that. But uh, it's just like okay, this is this is something new. Dark, very dark nipples. Okay, you know, you know Buzz from the Rich and Funny Bone. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you a story about Buzz after this. Six podcast. eight two four seven. Okay. <laughs> Buzz is a he's a he's a sexual being. <laughs> Everyone who goes to the Rich for Funny Bone knows Buzz. He had sex with a black chick, I, and he had a, he said the funniest thing one time. I'll tell you off the podcast because I'm <laughs> sure this guy will get back to Buzz, and I'll be like, "Why are you telling everybody I said that? I didn't say that. Thought we were cool. We went to karaoke. That is karaoke. I stole oh. his song one time at karaoke. Oh, did he get pissed? He got pissed. He Buzz, gets- Buzz is this guy uh, at, the, at the Rich and Funny Bone. Retired cop. Reti- retired cop. Sweet guy, uh, does like lives for karaoke, lives well, for karaoke, and honestly, lives for the funny bone. Like he's yeah. pot committed with that place. Great guy. And he's a great guy. He invited me to go to karaoke with him after the Sunday night show. I I went, and then I I have figured out that, or the staff told me that his song was Frank Sinatra's My Way. So oh. I went up and I sang it first, and he <laughs> he got so pissed off. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like it's and he's like that's my song that's what people know me for i'm like all right cool your jets buzz no one's like driving from four hours away like all right it's sunday night buzz is gonna do my way you have to see this shit <laughs> like no one's doing that so wait how much pussy goes on at those lp conventions oh so much i can imagine so well, like, much what are those like you guys show up and it's like, do you I have was, friends from there that yeah. you've known forever? Yeah, uh, I, one of, a guy that I've known since I was five just got married. Like, uh, and I was just at the I was just at the convention. It was in San Diego this year. All right, for those of you who don't know, um, all you probably don't know, uh, there's a thing called LPA, Little People of America. They have they have conventions all over the country throughout throughout the year. But then every summer, there's a big like national convention. Like, this is Midget Comic Con. This is just like, all right, we're all descending on the one place. There was over 3,000 little people at this hotel in San Diego uh, this summer. And, yeah, you show up and you, ha- you have to remember, this is, these are people that for an entire year, in- interacting with tall people, they're never looked at as a, be- as a beautiful person, as 
uh, an attractive person. They may be looked upon as sexual objects, but mostly in a bucket list format of, hey, wouldn't this be fun? Someone read the Tucker Max book and knows that story, and they just want that, you know, they just want that story. Um, which, by the way, I read the Tucker Max book. It's hilarious. Uh, so now you go to a convention, and now you have someone walking up to you saying, oh my God, you're sexy. You're beautiful. And they mean it. They absolutely mean it. So people go nuts. People go through like two or three relationships in a, in a week. It's been like like people turn into players. Like now you have the option of saying no. Like because before you you say yes to just about everything as a dwarf trying to get laid. Like you're just like yes, I would like, yes, I, someone fuck me please. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the convention and it, it's like being at a strip club where you can now say no, nah, I'm good. No, and now you can be selective. What? It's insane. Shut up. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's just such a, it's such a mind fuck of a week where now you've been, a, you, you, you've been everybody's friend for a whole year and then you go to a convention and now you're just like, you're, 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 the, you're the quarterback. You're the, you're the cheerleader. You're, you're, you're the one that everyone wants to be with. And it's just, it, it trips you out. And to have someone truly look upon you and say, I find you attractive for everything that you are when you've not heard that for a year. In fact, heard the exact opposite. It's a mind fuck. It's a complete, it blow. It blows your mind. And, uh, but it's fun. It's, it's so much fun and you will always share that. And you'll always have that in common the same way that someone can walk up to me and say, Hey, I'm a comic and guard goes down. You can immediately start talking about things. Whenever I see a little person bond, Instant, because we really? both know. Uh, I'll tell this story. Um, I, I did uh, crackers in Indianapolis, and I go to the green room. I show I show up to the club, and there's a green room, and there's another dwarf just back in the green room hanging out. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, what's going on? And he goes, I don't know. I'm like, well, why are you here? He's like, I walked in. I bought a ticket. I walked in the door. They escorted me to the green room, and they sat me down. Like they just, the staff just thought that's like, oh, it's a dwarf. We obviously, one of Brad's friends, and then they just like brought him <laughs> yeah. back to the to the oh, green room, and like great. and like we don't know each other. We're like, hey, dude, like what's? And, but like now, and now we're now we're friends. Now we joke about it all the time. And oh, when, shut when, up. And whenever I go back to Crackers, he's a, he all, he always comes out to the shows. But uh, yeah, it's just sort of like this weird. Thing, like uh, the the doorman was like, I thought that was your cousin, bro. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. God, God forbid an Asian comic come there. Right, they'll throw all the Asian people in the same room. Your yeah. family's waiting yeah. for you. <laughs> Can you imagine what what Russell Peters's green room? How crowded that would be Holy if shit. like every Indian walked in. They're like, oh, you obviously know Russell. Take him to the back. I, I, that is the most heartwarming thing I've ever heard about LPA convention in San Diego. Yeah, would that would that? Do you think that would entice you? Like, say they made a city. Like a mm-hmm. city of just little people, which by which by the way, save your tweets about. I know there's a dwarf city in Long Beach. No, there's not. Doesn't oh, exist. Yeah. It's a rumor. It's in Minnesota. Uh, get it? <laughs> oh, Crusher bringing the hits. <laughs> it's in just outside of Minneapolis. <laughs> what? Uh, no. What? What? It's up? in Little Rock. It's little ju- rock. It's just a little rock. They <laughs> hollowed it out. Their people live inside like it's Fraggle Rock. It's awesome. I don't what? know why. I don't know why I said that like a tell. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, would that be enticing to you to live in a city that had? Would that be interesting to you? It'd be interesting. Say, say it was. Say it was close to L.A. Yeah. 
it, it, it would it would certainly be interesting. I honestly, God, I don't know because, and that's the thing is people tell me they're like, oh well, uh, well, like, how would your life be different if you were tall instead instead of being, instead of being a little person? I don't know. This is my because this is my normal. That's reality. I don't know what I don't know what it's like to be a tall person. And that's about and that's about my comedy is like, well, can you write non dwarf jokes? It's like I can write my jokes. Yeah. It's whatever that is. Yeah, I can't write jokes. I, look, I write just. Well, I just said that earlier. I write about me. Yeah, you're getting me one hundred percent. You're not getting much different than me. Right. That's it, so interesting. Like, like, because I only know what life is like as a little person. So it's always going to have that little person perspective. Sure, it's not going to always be about directly being a dwarf. Whatever. I'll talk about race. I'll talk about relationships. I'll talk about whatever. But it's always going to have that viewpoint because because yeah. that's the only viewpoint I know. I, I, I don't know anything else. So you see the world. You see the world from four four. Yeah. How can you not? How can you expect him? That's so interesting. I, that is that is fucking genius in and of itself. You see the world mm-hmm. looking up like like baldness to you. Male pattern baldness. What is, is it? Like you're like literally <laughs> like I, I, oh you're losing your hair or something. Like you probably don't even recognize that I'm losing my hair on the top like this. That's the first time I've seen it. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the first time I've seen so, your hair but, like that. Oh, I fucking I should have been dating little people my whole fucking life. <laughs> They'd be like, you got a perfect head of hair. Exactly. It's fine. What are you talking Your about? Your jawline? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't tell at all. It's, it's solid. Oh, yeah. That, if that, you could be one size, not, not mm-hmm. but you have to pick like, uh, I say like I say regular, but that's wrong. But like, right, right, right. If you had to be a large size. Okay. Uh, Ooh. You, you can either be 6'6", six, 5'6". Six, mm. five, 5'6". Six, five, six. Okay. Or 6 foot. No, I'm going to make you 5'10", because everyone that's 5'10 says they're 6 foot. Oh. <laughs> what would you pick? Um, I, like, okay, 5'6". 5'6", six. Six or 6'6". Six, six. See, here, see, here's the thing that's weird for me, is that, like, I don't know the difference. I don't know. I don't, like, 5'6", six, 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 it's all tall. Like, like and it, it's always weird to me when people are like, uh, like people come up to me after shows sometimes and go, hey, I really got some of your material because, you know, like, I'm five foot four. I'm like, what the fuck is five foot four? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm kind of short, too. It's like I, would, like, I would go behind a dumpster and suck a dick to be five foot four. <laughs> are you serious? What are you talking about? You're little. Like, what? You, like, do you realize how much my life would change if I was five four? I could just go and buy pants, and they would fit. Holy shit! What would that be? I could rent a car. What that? Like five foot four? My life would like. You have no idea what it's like. What's one activity that you see large people doing that you would go? I wish I could do that. Oh, oh my god. Um, I don't want to say football, but kind of like that. I don't know. It's, I mean, and, and this is going to sound so simple, and I kind of just and I kind of just hit on it. Going to a store and buying pants and trying them on, and they fit. Hey, for the record, yeah, uh, I can't do that either. Okay? Really? Yeah, at fucking six foot two thirty or whatever yeah. I weigh, they don't make in L.A. Yeah. They don't make oh, size 38, yeah. 32. Not in L.A. Just, you can't find thirty eight. So so when you go to visit Colleen in Omaha, you're like, shopping spree. <laughs> Take me to the fucking Lucky Store in Omaha because I know they have my size. Yes. Like, Let's like go. I, I actually make a joke about uh, Target is great to shop at because Target makes clothes for fat people. Yeah. Because Target's all over the world and yeah. it's fat people all over the world. Right. So when you go to Target, they always have your size. Like You can always find a shirt. Yeah. Their XL is an actual XL. Whereas right. I can't wear... 
Under Armour's XL anymore. No, you, yeah, you go to the guest store, yeah, and you're like, I'll I'll take a large XL, and I and here, here here's the deal. I wear normally I wear a men's medium shirt, just a re- men's medium. Yeah, that's my shirt size. At guests, I wear an extra small. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so it's so it's so nuts. So yeah, that would be the activity is being able to walk into a store because whenever I buy jeans, I buy jeans and then. I I don't even care if they fit or not. I then take them to my Turkish tailor and uh, he, I add to his kid's college fund, and that that, that that's God it. God dang! Like I yeah, I I go in there like once a month just with clothes and like all right, this that's what we're working on this week, and uh, yeah, so that's what I would do. And every dwarf either has a tailor or they get really good with a needle and thread themselves. I can't wait to see you at fifteen years and doing stand up. Mm-hmm. I think your perspective is going to be so fucking like because you get you get. The longer you do it, the the closer you get to to this, like this yeah. conversation we have. Just that pure. And just take, it's like you hang out with Bill Burr. He's so in the zone oh that even just talking to him like about nothing, he's got you doubled over in stitches. Oh my! Like you talk yeah. to Stanhope, and he's so in the zone of what so good and of who he is. Right, he knows it so well. He, I mean, all right. You talk about how your nickname is the Machine, Bill Burr. Like when you've figured out your voice that well. You figured out your machine, and that Bill Burr can drop a topic into the Bill Burr joke machine and understand how it comes out a Bill Burr joke. It goes in here, comes Dude, comes out a Bill Burr joke. I saw him right working the other night. We all did a show out in Nice House, mm-hmm. and uh, Segura was there. Segura, yeah. It was me, Segura, Rogan, Ian Edwards, and Bill. And I sat in the back with Segura, and I just looked at him and I went, "I'm not working hard enough." No, because I'm. And that's what I, why I started doing sets out of clubs again because I was like, I'm not working hard enough. I'm yeah. not in the mix, yeah. and I'm not breaking down subjects or, or I mean, not to talk specifically about Bill, but like he really is in the zone. I wrote a joke when the Donald Sterling thing happened that I was so happy with, and I went on stage and it did well. I was felt so proud of this joke, and then the next night I went to the Hollywood Improv to see Burr because I knew he was going to be there. And he did this bit on Donald Sterling, just made me go. All right, I'm throwing mine out. Yeah, it, it no, n- nothing even close. Like, to why that. even write about Stephen A. Smith when you know Bill Burr's is going to be better? <laughs> he's just why even do, do it? it? Yeah, he's just going to do it. You're like, and there are comics right. sort of go. Well, that's my perspective. Well, good luck with your perspective. Yeah, I, I'm going to look at. The, I'm going to try to write not like him. Or that's different. like saying like, oh, oh, I'm like that's Velveeta's perspective on cheese. No, it's just not as good. Yeah. as the other shit. For by the way, that's for, out for there. the record. I did hear. Um, I I I did. And wait, never mind. I was about to say something that's totally non sequitur, makes no sense, and everyone, everyone would just complain. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking um, about? That's the half of my fucking podcast. So, what's <laughs> what's your goal? To, like, what would be your ultimate tour if you could do a tour of four comics? Oh my god! Um, well, I would love to do. Like, I, I've worked with Adam Ray's, like my best friend in comedy. He's such a good guy. Uh, I only got to really know of him because, through you. Yeah. And he is funny as fuck. Yeah. He's so funny. And he makes me laugh. And we, I can't wait to do y'all's podcast. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah. I do a podcast with him called About Last Night. And to, to hang out with my friend for an hour and just talk to people is great. And even though we hang out all, all the time, if I did a tour, he's number one. I would love to have him on the tour just because yeah. we've never really toured together and he's you know he's doing such great things uh so yeah adam ray um like it's weird like sure you have your wish list 
of people that you truly admire. Like I, but I don't want to be on that tour. I don't want to be a feature act on a headliner's tour. Right. I'd want to be on a tour of guys that are my equals right. that we'd all light it up and I could watch and be inspired by. Yeah, and we're all just hanging out. Like, I would love to tour with Rogan, Bill Burr, oh, and God. Dave Attell. Yeah. But let me tell you something. A lot of guess, nights... Guess I'm who's opening? Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guess who goes first? <laughs> exactly. I want to be in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be in the middle. Guess it, who's it, opening? Yeah, it, it's weird because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of guys I'd love to tour with and it's the same thing. But, I mean, the guys that... I came up with and that are sort of in my age group, you're Adam Ray's, you're Jeff Keith, you're KT Tatara. Like we're all kind of er- God, so funny. Yeah, early yeah, mid thirties. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and real funny, all Mar- of you. Mark Ellis from Schmoes No, who I, I will Mark Ellis. I I I, 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 I will hang out with that man any day of the week. It is so funny. And Andrew Santino and all these guys that you come up with that are kind of in your age group and you're all doing it. Like, I would love to do a tour with those guys because it's just like, oh, my God, we would have so much fun. So much fun. Oh, I and can't. I fucking want to do a date with you so bad. Oh, can you imagine? I'm telling you, dear Combos, if you're listening, yeah. I'm pitching this to the Combos, the food brand. I want a Combos <laughs> comedy tour where I just – it's Combos all over the place. Everyone, we got the new blue cheese and – and blue cheese and buffalo wings combos, and they're all over every table. And we're, we got a big combo sign yes. in the background, but it's like two fucking awesome headliners. Yes, or I get to pick. I get to go out on the road and bring like my favorite headliners, and I get yeah. to headline with them. Yeah, that's what I'm trying, guys. Hit up combos. Let them know. Brad Williams <laughs> is definitely on my combo store. Sponsored by combos. We'll do Marco Island, and we'll end up having that <laughs> magic mic moment. Where we're all sitting out there, and me and you are chanting Tatum and the Drug Addict. Yeah, whatever well, their well, names were. Well, well because I like when I first worked with you in Irvine, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just during your closing bit, uh, where you took your shirt off, I just ran up on stage. I was hosting, and I just ran up on stage with my shirt off. And yeah. you, and you didn't look at me as a headliner. And go, what the fuck are you doing on my stage and my set? <laughs> no, you're like. All right, now I have a midget with his shirt off. Now it's getting fun. Now, where yeah. were fucking cell phone cameras then? Right. Nowadays, oh I would have been videotaped in and blown up online, and we'd both yeah. be famous. Yeah. Back then, it was like right at the advent. Everyone still had the Palm Pilots. Ah, it was right before. Why did I say that like I could tell? A Palm Pilot. <laughs> mm, I was going to get a Palm Pilot, but I got a parrot instead. <laughs> Look at these. No one has warts on their ass. <laughs> Look at these little legs. Uh, yeah, like, uh, we, we got to do a theater together, man. We got to, man. We got to, uh, like, all right, man. Let's get Barry on oh, the line. That's where we just got fucked. Let's get. Let, let's I love get Barry, your guy. but we'll, that'll never happen. Barry, like, here's the deal, Brad. You're selling more than he is. He was very hot two years ago when the Joe Rogan podcast when he first did that, but not anymore. Now he's on his own podcast. My podcast is bigger, actually. You, 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 you'd be better having me as your opening act, man. Here's Georgia. Hi, Georgia. I, come in. Come on in. Georgia this is my friend Brad. Hi, Georgia. Hello. Brad is a little person. You know what a little person is? Here, come yes. over here. Sit next to me. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask Brad about being a little person? <laughs> about, have you ever me. met a little person? Have you? No. You've never met a little person? I'm your first one. That's okay. You've right. never met a little person, for real? Yep. It's all right. Hey, wifey. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, do you, uh, you have no questions? Really? <laughs> You're pretty quiet. Normally she's talking to his shit. Ooh. Um, oh, I made a kid. Uh, this was, I, I just did the improv in Kansas City. And, like, I made a kid cry 
because and I didn't do anything. I was just on the elevator and the elevator door opened and there's this little two year old right there and the elevator door opened, he he's he's with his dad and the two year old makes eye contact with me and like just grabs his dad's leg and like starts crying and the dad is freaking out because he knows exactly why the kid's crying he knows that I can see it and he knows the elevator doors are open closed he knows he has this minute amount of time to like make it right yeah and the dad just like looks at me he's like uh uh he 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 always does this i'm like oh every time he sees a dwarf he cries <laughs> like how often does that happen georgia actually told me can mm-hmm. i t- can, are, you, are you comfortable with me telling brad a riddle do you know the riddle i'm gonna tell georgia told me a riddle in the car the other day do you want to tell brad the riddle no, no. Are you okay sure yeah i'm sure <laughs> she said how's the riddle go there's a guy um, a skyscraper, like a twenty-story skyscraper, and this guy works there um, on the twentieth floor. And then he presses the tenth button um, on the elevator, and then walks up ten flights of stairs to get to his job. But on rainy days, he just presses the twentieth button. Do you know why? Wait. Oh, so he's on the twentieth floor. So, like on a regular day, he just presses ten and then walks up ten flights to go to the twentieth floor. And on rainy days, he presses twenty. I've heard this riddle before, and I still don't remember the answer. Why? What is it? It's because he's a little person, and on rainy days, he has an umbrella so he can hit twenty. Uh-huh. Georgia, Georgia told that to me in the car the other day. But, <laughs> but, and can I tell Brad this? Are you comfortable? Brad's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And this is how you learn in life. Yeah. She she used the phrase midget. Okay. And I said, baby, you can't say that. Uh-huh. She said, why not? I said, because that, it doesn't. Because midgets will protest your show in yeah. Livonia, Michigan. Brad says it. <laughs> Brad totally says it. But the whole reason is um, because if someone doesn't want to hear that word, mm-hmm. then that will make the, it's like, uh, it's like um, imagine if someone said something about, like what's something you're self-conscious about? Imagine if someone said something about teeth. Remember, remember that one kid that said something about your teeth? It's the exact same thing. So, like, like, uh, but, and that's exactly why you don't use that word. But mm-hmm. Brad's comfortable using the word. He says it, but I don't say it. But, but it, that's yeah. kind of the rule. Like, you can make fun of you, but you can't make fun of other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, okay. Has this been uncomfortable for you? <laughs> you seem very tight. You very tight. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> well, but here's the beautiful thing now uh is that you now you know and that's half of what life's about is learning let, let me let me tell you this right now is i interact with so many kids uh just out in the world and they, they look and they stare which is fine I, I don't get mad when kids stare at me because they're blank slates they don't know yeah. it's something new the same way an adult would stare at a blue human with four arms coming out of his forehead unless you're that chick <laughs> right <laughs> Good, good, good callback, sir. Um, yeah, like the same way you would do that, kids stare because it's something new to them. What a lot of parents don't realize is something I'm so glad that you – so happy that I just saw you do this. All you have to do is tell your kids the truth and then they go, oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's brand new. The truth is always – you're always allowed to tell the truth. Yeah. Always allowed to yeah. tell the truth. Yeah. You don't have to look at your kid and, and I've, I, I've heard everything. Like when a kid stares at me – I've heard every parent. Uh, the most the most ridiculous one was, "Oh, he's like that because he didn't eat big food." 
I'm like, what? Like, wait. So if I had eaten yeah. a T-bone steak instead oh, of a Totino's pizza roll, then I grow taller? Well, maybe no. that's how. That, maybe they. That's that's definitely how you started an eating disorder with a child. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> hey, oh my god! So now, so yeah, so now they're, gonna, they're just gonna eat long, like foot long Subway yeah. sandwiches. Like, okay, now you know what's gonna... so crazy, Georgia, is you are. This is a little cool experience. Mm-hmm. You, the first little person you've ever met, is actually famous, and you will. In your life, you will continue watching him on TV and go, that's so funny. I know that guy. And your friends are like, no, you don't. You're thinking of Wee Man. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have a battle axe. That's not Peter Dinklage. Wait, 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 say that again. Who? Wee Man. (laughs) Yeah, you hear that, Jason? Who? You got the youth boat on your side. That's right. In 10 years, I'm going to be huge. That's how we end this podcast. That is the perfect way to end this podcast. Oh, Brad, thank you so much for coming over and doing this, man. Thank you for having you me. You know man. I love you. You, I are, had, you are, you are. I had so, I had so much fun. One of my favorite human beings. Oh, and thank I'm so you, happy Now, tell me right now what the project is you're working on. This episode was brought to you by the Machine.